0: I was just um,
1: asking uh, McFreeze, um this, but merck why didn't why didn't Q why didn't they do any potty humor with Q at all? Because it's not episode? that kind
0: of show, Haste. This is Star Trek. This is highbrow television. They don't do they don't do shit jokes.
1: The climax was him bringing in a mariachi band and trying to get <laughs> Riker laid. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's it's adult
1: highbrow. themes. <laughs> What's more adult than Q having to complain about taking a shit?
0: Uh, I'm glad they didn't go, they never go to poop, and I'm glad they don't, because it's gross. Poop is gross, Hayes.
1: It is gross. But oh, like boy. Frank Reynolds says, poop is also funny.
0: No. Welcome to episode 32 of Be Me to Sick Bay. I am Mira, your host. I'm here with McFreeze. Hello. And Hayes. Ugh, I'm so full right now. What are you full of, Hayes? I'm full of pork. Oh, you're supposed to say shit, ah ha ha, and then we would all laugh. There'd be a laugh track.
1: There's nothing funny about poop, please.
0: <laughs> I go okay. Uh you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, <laughs> what kind of pork did you have?
1: I had pork belly, and I also made some uh, mahi mahi. That was really good. It was a good. Oh, it was a good dinner tonight.
0: That sounds very very decadent. Sounds good.
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah. That's that's how my evening's been going. How about the two of you
0: uh pretty good i i ate egg egg i like i like egg egg uh, <laughs> and uh, i've been I've been playing nothing but minecraft lately, so i'm minecraft brained
2: yeah i heard they got a mine in there. you know I was playing Horizon Forbidden West, and they're all talking about a mine. It's weird they've all got these mines. Did you know that in prehistoric times? They were able to build mine carts and railroad tracks.
0: I that thought those just
2: like modern ones.
0: I thought those games took place in like the future, but humanity has regressed to like being prehistoric.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. But you so see, so it's
0: not prehistoric times, my phrase.
2: It's rehistoric times.
0: <laughs> Do they call it that? Is it rehistoric?
2: No, I just invented that.
0: I like it. It's catchy. You should sell that to Sony. Hmm so we got some episodes to talk about today we got uh tv shows some star tracks uh i don't know about you guys i love these episodes yep man.
1: we've been watching some good tv lately this is so. like
2: i was looking at this before we came into this week i was like man like the next like seven episodes in a row are just 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 chef's kiss, you
3: know.
0: Well, the offspring, I'm gonna say, is not so much chef's kiss, but we, but that's not this, this week, so we don't care about it. But today, we're <laughs> gonna be talking about season three, episode 13, uh, Deja Q. Yay! The audience goes wild for Q. Q?
1: I was I gonna love say, Q. for the record, I'm a big fan of the offspring. Thank you very much.
0: The band, you love the band, the offspring?
1: I'll be honest, I actually don't have that much of an opinion on the
0: offspring. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, we're talking about the episode of television anyway. And we're also going to be talking about, I'm... after the break, yeah. <laughs> um, season three, episode 14, A Matter of Perspective, which is the episode where Riker is under trial. But first Q is here again, and oh my god, I love him. What a clown.
2: He's here, all right.
1: What a buffoon.
0: It's it's hard to, like, it was really hard to take notes for this episode because I just wanted to write down everything that came out of his mouth because they were all, like, gold
1: I love how functionally useless Q is the second he's not a god.
0: Yeah, like, it's, it owns. <laughs> that bit where where he's like uh, telling them how to solve their problem. And he's like, just change the gravitational constants of the universe. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> just, why not? right.
1: Well, how are we supposed to do that? Just do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just snap your fingers and it's done.
2: I kind of tell you people everything.
1: God.
0: Um, before no. we be. Okay. Oh, oh, right? Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, before we begin, we also have an email.
1: Oh my god.
0: A, this is an email from Miracle Butt. I'm going to paste it here, and... any, meeny, miny, hey, so why don't you read it?
1: You know I can't read.
0: You can challenge yourself. I believe in you.
1: <clears throat> Here's a fun tidbit. That part of Higher Ground where the security lady talks about a bus full of children being bombed wasn't pulled out of thin air... During the Troubles, the IRA actually set a bomb on a school bus. The intent was to kill a collaborator working for the English, but it only ended up wounding him and a 15-year-old girl. The IRA claimed responsibility for the attack, but quote-unquote, regretted that a civilian was injured.
0: It's pretty fucked up. I think I knew that. I think I'd heard that before. But thank you for this uh, for this fun fact, Miracle. But about the bombing of a school bus. <laughs> what?
2: Why are you Why are you saying quote here? I bet they regretted it. You know, I'm sure
0: they did actually regret it. I I'm sure they didn't want to hurt innocent people.
1: No one likes the IRA. Not even in Peaky Blinders does anyone like the IRA. And everyone's an asshole in that show anyway.
0: I don't know anything about um, European politics in general, but especially Irish politics in specific, so I can't speak to it. I don't know. I don't know shit. I don't have an opinion on the IRA or Peaky Blinders because I haven't watched it.
2: Peaky Blinders? Is that the one about horse racing? Kind of. Because of the blinders?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you peek past them because it's about fixing races and and horses (laughs) and horse races. Oh,
0: I didn't know it was about that. I just knew Cillian Murphy was well, it, in it.
1: It's like not about that, but that's like one of their, like it's the namesake for their organization because they fix horse, um, horse races.
0: I see, I
1: see. Usually you
2: don't want to fix the horses because if they win, then you get a lot of money for making them fuck.
0: <laughs> that's true. Oh. <laughs> that's a whole business. That's an industry in horse sperm. Mm-hmm. We're up to a good start today on this show.
1: Speaking of horse sperm.
0: Speaking of sperm, how about that Q? Uh, uh,
1: What's uh, Q doing? What is Q doing with the sperm?
0: Nothing. There's no involvement. We're gonna we're gonna just break this connection right now in our brains. Well, why was he naked? Why was he naked? That's a good question. Let's talk about the episode. <laughs> so this episode <laughs> first aired on uh, February 5th, 1990, and it was written by Richard Danis, directed by Les Landau, and the in-universe State is. Four, three, five, nine, one, uh four three five three nine point one. Sorry, my eyes hurt. I can't read. Um, a solo year, 2366. And this is the one where Q gets kicked out of the Q continuum and comes uh, crawling to crawl into the Enterprise as a human and says, you guys got to help me.
2: I would Just, help Q. Even if always, he didn't ask.
0: I would always help Q. No, they seem very reluctant to help Q because Q's been kind of an asshole to them. And that's fair. But yeah, let's mm. talk about Q being naked because that's where the episode pretty much opens. Now we learn that the Enterprise is uh, trying to prevent a moonfall. You guys have seen the movie Moonfall? I've not. Well, you should I've see that, that movie because it sucks, and- <laughs> 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 but it sucks in a fa- fabulous way. Uh, if you if you want like if you ever craving a '90s action thriller, and you're just like, man, I need that '90s action thriller kick, but I've already watched all the movies they made in the '90s do yourself a favor and put moonfall in your vhs because
1: <laughs> that was made by the guy that did um independence day right
0: yes it sure and was it, it absolutely feels like independence day but released in like 2022 <laughs> it's, it's fucking... very funny
2: it's the same movie
0: <laughs> think... something except
1: this one is when the moon falls I heard that he put up a lot of his own money up for Moonfall. and I, It
0: doesn't surprise me uh, because he would uh, have had to. I don't know if he would have funded <laughs> this. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, yeah, it just that seems like it did not go very well for him at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel bad because the guy just wants to make movies, you know? He wants to live his dream and make his Independence Day movie 5,000 times. But the audiences just aren't receptive to that for some reason.
1: They're not even receptive to actual new Independence Day.
0: No, I certainly am not. No. I would rather watch Moonfall. <laughs> Which you should watch Moonfall. It's funny. Uh, but anyway, they're trying to prevent that from happening, the movie Moonfall. And at yeah. uh, this planet, Briall 4. And they don't know why the moon is falling, but it sure is. And boy, when a moon falls, as you can tell from the movie Moonfall, it's bad. It's bad for the planet.
2: You know, it causes a whole lot of problems, uh, like, you know, landquakes, as they've said. Because you can't say earthquakes (laughs) because we're not on Earth.
0: I didn't pick up on that.
2: So it's a landquake.
0: They should have just said earthquakes. Nobody would have caught it. Nobody would have blinked. Wouldn't wouldn't that be what the Universal Translator translates it to?
2: Uh, Don't worry about it.
0: I'm worrying about it. I'm worrying a lot about it right now. But yeah, uh, so they're trying to help these people. And... They're like asking Jordy, hey, do you think we can just push the moon out of there? And Jordy's like, uh, well, it would be like an ant pushing a tricycle. <laughs> you but know, sure, let's give it a shot.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard about this, but moons, they're pretty big.
0: They're very large, and the Enterprise is not that large. But they they try, and uh, Data observes that they are having an impact with the tractor beam, but it's negligible because, again, it's the fucking moon. But suddenly they're interrupted by this really high-pitched noise. It just begins to whir um, everywhere. And they don't know what it is, so they shut off the engines and the tractor beam. And they're like shouting over it. Morph's like, "Uh, it doesn't register on the sensors. And then, guess who appears?
1: My God, Uh, Bob Dylan. My God, the biggest dick you've ever seen.
0: (laughs) But they don't show it.
1: They don't show it. It's implied. Okay. Hmm. It's in the subtext.
0: Yeah, Q shows up naked, literally uh, floating horizontally on the bridge um, and the sound ceases and then he like just collapses to the ground and he looks up and he says, red alert.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Waka waka. So, I believe so, there are
0: some facts about oh, this we've naked got Q. <laughs> oh, we
2: According to the website... It says here, John Delancey had been provided with a G-string for modesty, but it was determined that the shot would not work otherwise. Visual effects supervisor Dan Curry remembered, it's one of the few shots we've done that came out looking exactly like the storyboard. I picked the spot for the camera in advance and the scene played out just as I drew it. The script said, Q appears nude. We planned... To have John Delancey lay on a wooden board that couldn't be seen due to Patrick Stewart's position in the shot. As we were prepping the shot, John showed up on set with his bathrobe on. When we were ready to go, he dropped his bathrobe and he was stark naked. That
3: caused yeah. mm, a yeah. bit of a stir.
1: <laughs> this is a cut. He's a consummate professional. Are you going to disrespect that? Are you going to embarrass him for?
0: Is that, is that method acting? Is that is that I what method think, acting is? No, I don't think he
1: consummated think- it. <laughs> I think that is just commitment work. I think that is just a raw commitment. I, you you got
0: to get the natural reaction from people of seeing you naked and when they're expecting to not even see you naked. Method
1: acting would him be, would it him be like just walking around nude the entire day until uh, John Luke uh, dresses him?
0: <laughs> well, we don't know that he didn't do that, I guess. That's true. But he just, he was wearing the bathroom, so he powered it out, out on it. It's... Yeah, I remember a story like that with Parks and Rec, where I think uh, Chris Pratt did that to, um, who's the main lady on that show?
1: I forget her. The blonde lady? I the forget her The blonde
0: actress who plays the main lady. Yeah, but I think he did that to her, get he that reaction.
2: You can't uh, can't be distracting everyone while they're shooting the rest of the scene.
0: But that's the point though. They're supposed to everybody else is supposed to be surprised to see you naked, right? So yeah, actually but, be uh, naked.
2: What if you haven't been naked yet and they're still doing the first part? It's only like a they half all, second scene. They would all be looking off camera at something. Well, they they, just
0: they managed. They managed. <laughs> you just shoot the part where they see you first and you put it in order later. That's a, that's the magic of cinema, McFreeze.
2: Eh, that's broken.
0: Anyway, John DeLancey rules is what I'm learning. <laughs> um, so they uh, they find some clothes for Q after the uh, opening of the show. Uh, a really uncomfortable looking jumpsuit that looks like they borrowed it from the planet on The Hunted. Remember it, those jumpsuits?
1: It looks like a fucking Wesley at Get Up.
0: No, Wesley wouldn't wear a jumpsuit like this. He would was, wear a it, sweater. It was,
1: it was very wool and looked very ugly, so it matched up in my, in my Wesley dressing mm-hmm. verse. It's kind of <laughs> like Wesley's
2: uniform, except it has a shirt underneath it.
1: Yeah,
0: it it, it doesn't. In, okay, first it's gray. of all, it doesn't look like wool to me. But you want to know? You're you're fucking maligning wool here. You know the new uniforms they have that look so nice? Yeah. Those are made of wool, Hayes. Whatever. Don't you? Whatever me. Wool is a good fiber, <laughs> fabric of our lives from sheep.
2: For more about wool. Visit wool.com.
0: Don't visit wool.com. We don't, don't. know what that is. <laughs> we're not. We're not sponsored by wool.com. We're sponsored by good times. God damn it.
1: Visit wool.edu. Yeah,
0: wool.edu will teach you all about wool. Uh, I mean wool. wool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to
1: wool.edu right now.
0: I'm sure it's nothing.
1: This site can't be reached. <laughs> Fuck.
0: Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. I can't, uh, that means I can't, it's I'm available. <laughs> Let's uh, let's register wool.edu right now. I think you have to actually have I, I, a college to get an EDU. Yeah,
1: I think you have to be like legit to get an, the, uh, an EDU address. To be well, some that's kind that's of good. education organization or some crap. We, we
0: got to start a school just so we can register wool.edu. Well, you guys
1: cause... are teaching me about Star Trek. I mean, legally, I'm sure we could fit that in there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure wool is like the perfect uh, URL for Star Trek learning because <laughs> they it's, wear it. It's, it's an know?
1: acronym. We'll figure, the, we'll figure that out later. Uh,
0: but anyway, the Enterprise Bridge crew just immediately has decided that Q is responsible for the falling moon. Uh, but he's instead yelling about how the outfit isn't his colors, which is fair. They aren't anybody's colors. They're very awful. It's yeah. like a gray and like an olive green. It's not, not a good it's look.
2: It's quite bad.
0: But uh, Q doesn't know anything about the falling moon, and he tells Picard he's actually just been kicked out of the Q continuum, and he's powerless, and of course, uh, they don't believe him. And Troy asks him, like, why he's human, and he explains that he asked to be human. He could have chosen to be anything he wished, as long as it was mortal. So he picked human, because he only had a split second to decide. And he asks them to deliver him to the Enterprise, because, he says... You're the closest thing in the universe I have to a friend John Luke, and then we get the fucking infamous Ricard palm face we do
1: gif. We, we finally get it, <laughs> we finally get it
3: i
0: guess Although, it's I,
1: I learned I learned mm-hmm. this day today that the gif of him doing the face palm is a gif reversed because you get the shot of him already doing the face palm, and then he takes his hand away, so anytime you see the gif of him doing the face palm. It's someone having to play it in reverse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the camera just cuts to him having the, the palm, which is funnier, honestly. Because she just at him and he's just like, oh my fucking God, I hate this guy so <laughs> <Yeah>. much.
2: <laughs> this is why you can't trust anything
1: on the internet. That's what I'm saying. I've been lied to all these freaking years.
0: <laughs> I'm just glad that we finally saw the face palm natively in the wild. Uh, but Data's is scanned Q with his his tricorder. Which did we get new tricorders? Did we talk about there's there's new tricorders? Is, was it, I, I didn't look think, at it that carefully.
1: I didn't look at it that carefully, but I don't think these were the new ones quite yet.
0: Okay, it it might have been. I don't. And I fucking didn't know.
1: even look at them.
0: Uh, but he says he is showing as fully human, and Troy says that she's sensing an emotional presence from him, and she says he's fucking terrified. How rude! He proclaims like he's from Full House. Remember, a uh, little girl would say, <laughs> "How rude!" Yeah.
2: I understand this reference.
0: Thank you. Only 90s kids will remember. (laughs) Uh, But Q asks Picard for Sanctuary, and Picard tells him to just return the moon. And Q's like, I don't know anything about the fucking moon, dude. I have no powers. What do I have to do to prove it to you? (laughs) What does Warp say? (laughs) Die. (laughs) Die. I like how oh, too they they pull out the camera and like everybody's like smiling like ha that's a good one Worf. And Q's was like oh very clever Worf. Eat any good books lately?
1: What a fucking retort!
0: <laughs> I love every line out of his mouth is solid gold.
2: Klingons don't eat books.
0: Uh, they don't.
2: They don't have enough gross organs in them.
1: Well, but, what, what else would they do with them? They're so fucking dumb. They couldn't read. They couldn't read a book. That's for sure.
0: They are very intelligent. They recite poetry all. Have, have you, know. you
1: ever seen Cl- Uh Worf read a book? I
0: no. Case. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen Worf read a book. God damn it! I guess they. Uh, it's more of a I, a spoken word tradition in the Klingon culture. I couldn't
1: even imagine Worf reading a book.
0: I can. I can picture it in my head.
1: With like reading it's... glasses on. No, no reading <laughs> you know. glasses. He's
0: just sitting in a chair, contemplatively reading.
1: Worf, Worf by candlelight <laughs> with a single monocle. <laughs> <laughs> remember uh he
2: he uh he gave data the book of poetry in measure of a man.
0: Yeah, but they never showed him reading it.
2: Well, you probably read the cover at least. It also
0: was not written by a Klingon, remember that book of Klingon poetry was not written by a Klingon.
2: Eh, don't worry about it.
0: Uh, anyway, Picard says, oh, fine, you want to be treated as a human? And he orders Worf to throw him in the brig, which puts the biggest smile I've ever seen on Worf's face. And he's like, delighted, Captain, and immediately like marches down the stairs to drag Q away. And Q is very disappointed in Picard, and Worf uh, drags him off to the turbo lift, and he's, you just hear him in the background, hey, I'm claustrophobic, I don't like it in here. <laughs> I love Q. I'm just going to chuckle at everything I say Q says. "I hope. I hope you enjoy that.
1: he's very good he everything he does is just fantastic and fun
0: It is. i was worried you were going to be disappointed with this episode haste because i know you were disappointed with uh whatever the last episode the last q episode was called q the
1: borg one where q didn't do anything or say anything hardly
0: yeah you complained that he didn't get we didn't get any like funny cool q powers and this was a whole episode about how he has no powers so we don't No, but
1: this is like the Maybe maybe there's an example of this beforehand, but this feels like the uh, first example of a character that's like a godlike or immortal being being forced to become human, and then having to fucking bitch about every little part about like you know what being human is like. It's like I've all I've all these feelings, and I have to sleep. I lose my energy. I have to eat food. This is awful.
0: That's true. Uh yeah, and it owns. Like he, he, yeah, I love this episode for it. We get, we get this great scene, too, uh, about, about that specifically where Q's on the turbo lift with Wharf, and he's just grumbling about, oh, I shouldn't have been a human. I shouldn't have chosen to be here. I'm going to have to do all this stupid stuff as human, like lose my hair and catch a disease, sneeze, have an itch, have a pimple, bad breath, having to bathe while he glances at Worf. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's glaring at Worf when he says that.
0: <laughs> but he just looks increasingly horrified at shit like having to p- have a pimple or having bad breath and it-, it owns um but he tries to like suck up to wharf and says uh you know i should have chosen to be cling on i'm a cling on at heart you can't lock me up wharf i'll i'll die and Worf locks him up um but q's like you know would i let you do this if i still have my powers and uh he says at some point like something of a uh, haven't you heard the one about the boy who cried Worf?
2: i don't Which know I- what that means.
0: I don't, it's not the most um, coherent line, but it's funny because it's, Worf sounds like Wolf, you know.
2: know? That is true.
0: It's great. He did say, I love it.
2: He said, uh, I can't disappear any more than you could win a beauty contest. And Worf just looks so pissed off and he's so offended by this. And I am too. Don't be mean to Worf.
0: Worf would definitely win a beauty contest. He's probably very
2: beautiful in Klingons.
0: I think he's a beautiful Klingon man. Uh, so in the ready room, Picard and Riker are trying to figure out what Q's up to. And and Picard is leaving the option open that maybe this has nothing to do with Q, like the moonfall thing. Maybe, maybe this is a coincidence. And so uh, he talks to the science station again on Briall 4 to let them know like, hey, we we tried, but we failed. Oh, we failed. We fucked up. Uh, we're going to try again, though. We're going to keep working on it. And they're like, okay, but the moon is falling. Watch out. <laughs> Um And suddenly the ship is bathed in a bright white light and there's an, another sound. We get another in, interesting sound. Uh, but they march back out to the bridge and Data says there's like broadband emissions and it's likely just a, a probe, like a scan from some ident- unidentified source. But we see this light kind of collapse into the brig and focus on a sleeping cue. Dun-dun-dun-dun.
2: Yeah, this ball goes into him. No. Oh, that didn't happen yet. The ball is going to go into him.
0: No, no balls. No. Uh, Picard goes to the brig, though, uh, and Q's awake now and sitting up, and he assumes Picard is there to apologize and let him out, but Picard asks him again what is going on and what that scan was about, and Q is, like, completely unaware of it. He's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And he tells I was, I was dealing with the most frightening experience of my own. My body uh, grew weak, and I could no longer stand, and then I just lost consciousness. And Picard's like, you fell asleep. <laughs> I love it.
1: Why Why did the Calamarians just kill Q in his sleep?
0: They want him to suffer, I think, is why.
1: You know what? He's, That's a great point. And he probably deserves it.
0: he They seem to be going for the most painful death they can muster for him. And I'm sure he has earned it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Picard goes to leave again. Uh, and, and Q stops him and says, hey, you know, I can help you. Like, I have all this knowledge uh, in the fucking galaxy in my brain. Just let me out of this cell and I can I can help you with this moon problem. And and Picard's like, well, just put the moon back in orbit, then, if you want to help. And he's like, I don't have powers. For the last time,
2: <laughs> haven't you been uh, paying attention?
0: <laughs> so Picard's like thinks about it. And he's like, okay, and he calls Data to the cell and signs him to be Q's babysitter and work with him about figuring out what's wrong with the moon. Uh, and and Picard walks out, and Data's like giving Q this long look, and Q asks what he's staring at, and Data says he's uh, considering the possibility of Q telling the truth. And Q assures him once again uh, that he is, in fact, human. He says, I can now stub my toes with the best of them. And, and Data says this is ironic because then he has achieved in disgrace what, what Data dreams to be. And it's like, oh, poor Data.
1: Poor Data. He, he he never gets to be human. And meanwhile, this schmuck gets to be human as like a punishment.
0: Yeah, and he's complaining about it the whole time. He's like, man, man, a human sucks. <laughs> Of all these Data's,
1: feelings. Just,
0: Data's just sitting in the corner, like, but I wanted that. Uh so they're walking they're walking down the hallway together and Q is uh continuing to complain about how uh, humans suck so much while Data's defending them and saying, like, no, humans are pretty pog, bro. <laughs> just like that. That's how <laughs> Data talks. And Q thinks Data should not want to be a human. And Data explains that part of the reason is that uh he has no human emotions, despite having human curiosity. Like he can't uh he can't do things like envy or laugh. And Q's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. So they arrive in engineering. Well, uh, Jordy tells Q what he knows about the moon and what his plan is. And we have Q, like, leaning over this monitor, looking at the plan. And he just says, this is incredible. And Jordy's like, what, you got something? And he's, and Q's like, uh, no, I seem to have injured my back.
3: <laughs>
0: what What do you say in this situation? Is, is it ow? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's ow. And he's like, ow, my back. Aww. So data calls medical for him but he uh he tells Jordy while he's screaming in pain that his plan would actually make the ship uh be destroyed. So Jordy's like, "Well, what would you do instead?" And he's like, "Well, first I would look at what's causing this problem instead of trying to solve it." And Jordy says, "Oh, it's impossible to figure it out." And and he's like, "It's probably just a large celestial body at a right angle, like a black hole or something." Come on. And Jordy's like, what "Okay, the, what,
1: well what does that mean at a right angle?" It's
2: coming at a right angle to the solar system.
0: Yeah, it's at, at an angle where it's—you know how the
2: solar system goes in like a ring, right? So it's coming in perpendicularly.
1: Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah it
0: does. It it genuinely makes sense what he's saying. Right. Okay. Uh, but the Jordy's like, well, but how do we fix that? And he says, well, just change the gravitational constants of the universe.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> do that. Obviously. <laughs> just fucking win
1: what are you doing (laughs) just break the laws of physics it's easy
0: and jordy's like how do you expect us to do that and and he's just like you just do it like what's the question here jordy gets frustrated and walks away and data has to explain to q that they they can't actually do that and q's like oh yeah of course well never mind then that won't work Uh (laughs) i love that. like genuinely q does not think of these things He's never had to. He's never had to consider that you can't just uh, change the gravitational constants of the universe.
2: I, don't know. I bet Data could do it if you gave him a minute. Yeah, Wesley could. could definitely do it.
0: Yeah, where is there no Wesley in this episode? If there was Wesley in this episode, he would have solved the moon problem on his own. <laughs> he you would have been true. too
2: disappointed that he didn't look like Big Wesley.
0: <laughs> I don't think Hugh gives any thought to Wesley. Mm. Anyway, Dr. Crusher comes in and uh, scans, uh, scans Q's back and she's like, wouldn't have believed it, but he has a classic back trauma and muscle spasms. And so she begins to kind of like painfully treat him. This doesn't doesn't seem very ethical, but whatever. Uh, And (laughs) she's like torturing him while she's healing him. But uh, Jordy, meanwhile, is, like, looking at some numbers over on a screen, and he's like, actually, you might be onto something. What if we, uh, we can't change the gravitational constants of the universe, but what if we wrap the moon in a low-level warp field so we could make it lighter and we'd be able to push it?
1: You you know, Mark, do you think that everyone everyone is, like, too mean to Q, all things considered? I mean, like, I'm sure Q has done a lot worse as, you know, I'm sure, for example, the Calamarians, I'm sure he's, like, really ruined their lives. But in... In the grand scheme of things, how has he really affected the Enterprise? Oh, he made he made things annoying at far point, and what he made wharf and get killed by Big man <laughs> Look, but he got better. I, I think
0: they might be sore about the Borg. Is well, what I'm thinking. All the things he did
1: the, were the, helping them. The Borg was in, inevitable. He just he just helped them.
2: He gave them all the information. He taught them the lesson of the day, like Picard does. The Borg aren't
1: even a problem yet, really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Key emphasis on yet. No, it, uh, Q made the Borg aware of the humans, and the Borg are on their way to their part of the galaxy right now to it's murder fine. everybody. But they're, but they're,
1: yeah, they're, they're, maybe they won't even be that big of a deal.
0: You know, unfortunately, Ace, the the crew bridge of the Enterprise, uh, they have object permanence, so they they do remember the Borg. I, but you, I think you're right, though. Honestly, like the Borg is the, is a valid uh, thing that they could be pissed off about. But everybody is just like nasty towards him, and I don't. They should have a little more sympathy towards this this guy. Yeah, he's a god opinion. that's
1: down on his luck.
0: Yeah, you want to be on his good side because he's going to get back into power someday, and you don't want him to come after you
1: exactly that's why i gave data a gift because data was always respectful towards him
0: yeah data is great i this episode for data and q moments is so good i love it it's it's not a pair that you ever like think about uh working together well but like as as he's lost his power data and q just make this perfect like i want to see a buddy cop movie featuring these two
1: well it's cool seeing like one character that has absolute cynicism towards like all life and especially humans, you know, within the universe. Meanwhile, Q is just like so eager to learn more about, you know, the world, and he's so eager to try and ex- have these experiences for himself. You mean? Even Data. Though he, I, I'm sorry, but Data is just he—he's so aspirational to like kind of be part of this universe, um, as opposed to Q, who perhaps because he's seen so much, is just totally just like a he's like a nihilist at this at
3: this point
0: he absolutely is yeah um yeah actually uh spoilers i'm gonna spoil something because i don't like i'm not telling you or anyone else to ever watch voyager but there's a spoiler on voyager where q actually kills himself because oh he, he's my so God. fucking bored of the whole universe he's like i've had enough and he murders himself
3: That's
1: fucked up. Yeah.
0: It is a little fucked up. I don't think I I watched that episode. But I
1: I I heard he shows up in the Star Trek Picard.
0: Well, here's the thing. Yeah? I don't know shit about Picard, and I heard that show's not good.
1: I've heard it's real bad. (laughs) We should watch it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also, if you're an uh, immortal, omnipotent being, you might not be able to actually kill yourself. I don't know.
1: That's that's what I'm thinking. Like at, At a certain point, like... You're only limited by the, the power you have, but like if you're if you're so powerful that like you cannot overcome the amount like do you, do you know what I mean? Like what if you're a god and you have godlike power, could you kill yourself? Or you are you limited by the fact that like you only have the power of a god? Does there need to be something greater? Like but- Are you
0: so are you asking if could Q make a rock so big not even Q could lift it? Yes,
1: I, I think exactly that.
2: I think this is just like how um, the eternal dragon Shenron could not kill King Piccolo because he was too strong.
0: Is That's that true? Like that?
1: But That it, happened. All, it turns out all Shenron had to do was just be a baby and, and then punch his way through Piccolo. <laughs> Just like Goku. Mm, I think Goku did that. That's what I'm saying. He just Goku didn't even do anything that special. He was just a little baby. And it was just like, I'm going to punch through you.
0: Well, the lesson here is that Goku is stronger than Shenron, which I think we all knew.
1: Shenron's powers are very, uh, shall we say, arbitrary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, kind of like Q's in some ways. Whoa. But I think Q's are less arbitrary where he really just can do whatever the fuck he wants. When he has his powers, which he doesn't, own oh, sucker. I'm oh. just kidding, Q. Don't oh. hurt me. <laughs> um, where were we in this episode?
2: Uh, Q see. was in it.
0: Yes, Q was in it. And um oh yeah, Q's stomach is rumbling now. He says there's something wrong with his stomach and it's making noises, and Dr. Crusher's like, Maybe you're hungry. And this was uh, I think one of the key uh somebody's being mean to him for no goddamn reason in this episode. It's like, why is she so mean? I, I would, I would find this fascinating. If somebody who was a God is suddenly human, like I would want to teach them all about being human. I'd be like, man, this is cool. You get, you get to eat things for the first time.
1: No, instead, (laughs) instead, Crusher is like, you're hungry. Idiot. Basically is like, you know, may as well like flick his nose away or something at that point. like, She's just, she's just so mean. Like, what, what has Q even ever done the Crusher?
0: She made her child old one time, but he got better. Actually, no, that, wasn't, no, that, that was that wasn't even Q. That was Riker. Yeah,
1: that was Riker. Yeah, Riker did that. Q just sat back and let let it happen.
0: Yeah, he hasn't done shit to her. Wow. And,
1: and, and everyone loved Big Wesley, especially Big Wesley loved Big Wesley. Yeah.
0: Thanks. I don't know. He did mm. ask to be reverted. If, wouldn't be crushingly- like?
2: Wouldn't you wanna teach you would wanna teach him all about being human so he could learn his lesson, like what this episode is about? I now, mean, I guess they just didn't think of that
0: I would just like find it cool and fascinating to see somebody experience stuff stuff like eating things for the first time uh i I don't know, I guess that's just me, but that's um what they what they go on to to do here is they head down to the ten forward it's a uh, data and q. And uh, I got lost in my fucking notes here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this is
2: where Data says he ingests semi-organic nutrient suspension in a silicon-based liquid medium, which lubricates his bio functions.
1: What
0: the fuck was
2: Data saying here?
0: I'm glad you has... wrote that down because I didn't because it was too many words. And I was like, uh, this what is he's... important, though.
2: What he's saying is he has to eat some oil every few days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Q asks Data, what, "What? what should I get? I've never eaten before. And this is what Data tells him he should get. <laughs> and Data's like, "But it probably wouldn't be very good for you." And Q's like, "Well, what do, what do I eat then?" And Data's like, "Oh, well there's anything. You could thousands of choices. The replicator can make any kind of food." And Q's like, "But I I have no idea what to fucking get." Like that's a choice quandary, dude. He's never eaten before. He has no idea what he likes. Uh so Data says, um, "Well, I've noticed that sometimes people pick foods based on their emotional state." And and Q's like, "Well, I'm in a dreadful mood." And uh and Data's like, "Well, when when Counselor Troy is in a bad mood, she likes to eat chocolate." And Q's like, "Chocolate, eh?" He's like, "Yeah, I like a chocolate sundae. It, it helps her feel better. I've never. Uh, it has a, a profound psychological impact," he says. And Q's like, "Okay." And he turns to the waitress and says, "I'll have ten chocolate sundaes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and,
1: and <laughs> the best part is the punchline.
0: <laughs> well, Data says, uh, "I've never seen anyone eat ten before," and Q says. I'm in a really bad mood, and since I've never eaten before, I should be very hungry.
1: He's right. <laughs> Him right. just saying, I'm in a really bad mood, is so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: I, he is in a really bad And his logic is sound. Data kind of nods, too. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Q suddenly looks over in dread and he's like, oh, I've been dreading this. And uh, Guinan walks in and she's gloating at him for being proud of She she is
1: like beaming while she's like walking over and she's like,
2: this is is (laughs) the most queenly Guinan outfit yet. It's so good. And she, she looks so for smug. This occasion.
0: yeah she, <laughs> She's so smug. And they they snip at each other for a bit and and Data's telling Guinan that other members of the crew uh are not certain he's actually telling the truth. And so she's like, Really? And so she grabs a nearby space fork. Remember our old friend the space fork with its three <laughs> it's little <back>. pines. <laughs> and she grabs the fork and walks over and immediately stabs Q in the hand with it. <laughs>
1: well, they probably have bit history you probably deserve that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, he might deserve that one. Um,
2: <laughs> this is also where Q said he had an IQ of two thousand and five, which sounds kind of low to me.
0: That's pretty high, dude. <laughs> For yeah, God, it though. could be higher. That's, For God though, I—I I mean, it's on a curve. Like that's—I think that sounds right. Hmm. IQ is a bell curve, right? So, like, it gets very low distributed. It's only
2: twenty times as high as the average
0: yeah that's like that sounds that's right. not
2: so much it's pretty mm. high i don't know
0: i don't, I don't know like the highest recorded humans have only been like what 250 or something i don't know iq's made up bullshit anyway it's
2: also made up bullshit it's
0: made up bullshit. he's just making up his own number he's like i'm so smart my iq's like 2000 <laughs> he's like a little <laughs> kid that way uh but anyway, infinity
2: plus 1
0: after stabbing him in the hand with the fork uh guy a uh, guy and says look seems human enough to me um and uh she rubs it rubs it into him that he's not like lower than low after and after torturing countless species for centuries he really deserves this and that he could learn a lot from data here and uh, q's like oh that's not humanity from the robot and data's like hey, i am an android not a robot <laughs> data's such mm-hmm. a good boy um
2: He's all about the facts.
0: He is all. He says it just like so earnestly and so humbly like I am just an uh, android not not a robot. Uh, but Guy then continues to berate Q and walks off and the waiters then, two waiters bring over Q's fucking ten chocolate sundaes and he just looks at him he's like I'm no longer hungry.
2: Who's gonna get to eat them?
0: The replicator probably. I'll eat them. I'll have one of them. Anyway, Wesley got them.
2: He was just off screen.
0: Yeah, dude. Remember, this made me think of uh, the episode in season two, uh, the <laughs> dolphin, where remember everybody kept getting chocolate mousse and nobody would ever actually eat the fucking chocolate mousse. You, like this show gotta... makes so many desserts for people and then they don't eat them.
2: Yeah, yeah, Q should have had one fingers swipe of the ice cream and then left.
0: He should. If he. I bet if he'd done that, he would have sat and ate one because it's delicious. Eat your damn would ordered those Sundays. what a waste uh anyway on the bridge they detect some highly organized energy patterns in a plasma energy field that seems like a life form and the computer is scanning it too and it says it sounds like it's intelligent but uh can't translate its speech and uh we see it like passing by the windows and tend forward and and data and gaiden are standing next to each other and gaiden turns to data and she's like the uh, calamarine and then this little light ball floats up to Q, who's, like, sulking alone at a table. Q fucking sulking alone at this table is such a good <laughs> shot. It's so but sad. He's just so miserable. He's like, I, I hate my life. Everything sucks so much. And then he gets tortured by aliens.
1: Well, yeah. you, you say he get tortured. I say he starts, like, having a, a seizure in place.
0: <laughs> well, they, uh, like, so what happens is the bog enters in this time. <laughs> this time the bog was in yeah 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 Mm-hmm. yes and he gets starts to he's penetrated by the ball and he starts to glow with energy and he's like moving around a lot and like jerking around but he's not making any sound uh but he, you can tell he's being tortured because later uh like meanwhile the bridge is like oh, there's some tachyon fields in here we got to get the shields up so they're trying to re- figure that out and and data's going over to try to help q too like he's putting his hands around the energy like he can suck it out or something like i don't know what he's trying to do here uh but he's he's trying to do something like maybe just grab q out of it but the the jordi gets the shields up and uh the energy dissipates immediately and the first thing q does was just how you know he was tortured is he shouts help me
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just a lot of pain and fucking gaiden walks over and stands over him and says how the mighty have fallen like fucking waited to kick him while he's down literally it's so he's like
1: dying and they're just like oh nice 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 way to get owned moron
0: (laughs) they really don't like q this is q should think about his life choices up to this point we know he learned nothing he absolutely learned nothing yeah
2: (laughs) he's learning all
1: the time
0: He's, he's he, said, he, he, he didn't. I,
3: he,
1: he like at the end of the episode, like he doesn't like. He passes the test, but not even correctly. He just passes it by accident because he's just trying to die faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think he it was genuinely a selfless act. I think. I don't believe this. We'll we'll talk about it later when uh, we get there. But in the observation lounge, though, first Q is, is telling him about the Calamarean and uh picard's like what did you do to them and um he's like well I, I, what do you mean what did i do to him i didn't do nothing to him and they're like you probably you probably tormented them didn't you and he's like hey one species torment is another species delight it's not my fault they don't have a sense of humor so yes <laughs> you might have tortured them a little bit um but uh, but Picard susses out that the real reason Q wanted to be on the Enterprise uh in the first place was protection, because Q has probably, you know, countless enemies in the universe that'll uh, want to look in on him now that he's mortal. And Q's like, wow, uh, you're smart, Picard. You're right. Uh, But, you know, I, I knew I could count on the sympathy of humans to protect me because you guys are so fucking stupid, man. You guys <laughs> are the dumbest pieces of shit in the universe that so you're always trying to help idiots like me
2: yeah and, he's uh he's saying they're simps
0: yes yes he's calling humanity a bunch of simps and picard's like actually that's one of our strengths is our simping <laughs> <laughs> but uh picard says he wants no part of this because like like Riker points out that uh, protecting q from all his enemies is a full-time mission and not what i signed up for and picard says they're just going to drop him at the nearest uh, station when they're done here but q's like hey i could be a valuable member of this crew I know lots of stuff. And Data sticks up for him. And he's like, yeah, he already helped with the plan that we're doing with the moon.
2: He does know lots of stuff, sir.
0: (laughs) That's how he says it. And
1: then they start start turning on Data just for defending Q. Yeah,
0: trust me to Data. She's like, well, it sounds like you have an advocate, Q. And and Data's like, I was was only stating the facts. (laughs) Um, but Jordy calls them and interrupts with uh, some info about the engine's limitations on fixing this moon problem, remember, that we have, and how the moon is going to be at its perigee in 14 minutes, so they're going to try try to get us moved.
3: No
1: one knows okay. what that means.
0: I bet you somebody knows what this it's means. It's
1: the
2: closest point in the orbit to the planet.
0: Okay, I couldn't yes. remember if that was the apogee or the perigee. I knew that both of these words were related to that, but I couldn't remember which was which. That was my science oh, knowledge.
2: Because it's the perihelion,
1: you know.
0: Mm-mm. No,
1: no the the apogee is whenever you make Duke Nukem games.
0: That's also why I remember the word apogee haste. You're correct. <laughs> that is literally why, because I played those games when I was a little kid. Uh, I had fucking apogee shareware games for DOS that I would play. Stuck that stuck that no. word right in my brain forever.
1: You played? Did you play their very mediocre side scroller games?
0: I played Duke Nukem, yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Have you played the original Duke Nukem, McFreeze? It's
1: it's the every early nineties. I even computer.
2: even when I was five, I didn't play Duke Nukem one. Only number two.
0: Oh, I think because it was I knew I number played. one was bad. I don't think I had one. I think I had a shareware version of two, hmm. but I, I still remember it being extremely mid. It was just like a generic ass action scroll side scroller. It was no Cosmos Cosmic Adventure, I'll tell you it was,
2: that. It was good because um, you could get the turkey, you know, to get your health. But if you mm-hmm. shot the turkey first, it would be cooked and it would give more health.
3: Oh, what? I
0: didn't do that. Holy mm-hmm. shit. I'm getting all the fucking Duke Nukem facts. Uh,
1: That's a cool Easter egg.
0: That is. I didn't fucking know that. That's a, Castlevania should have done that um commander keen for also you, was you, you, yeah you should i don't
3: know
2: to throw the torch onto the turkey you don't have a laser in castlevania
1: no
0: but you have a torch don't you no can you like throw a torch or something
1: no no the uh holy water which catches on fire
0: yeah i don't think that'll cook a turkey like though why not because it's water
1: <laughs> it's also fire
0: <laughs> Only that's if it's true. evil if it's an evil turkey leg it'll cook it. <laughs>
2: what if it's oh. a vampire turkey?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I, don't eat. I don't wanna eat a vampire turkey. I feel like that's dangerous. <laughs> it's
2: probably all dusty.
0: <laughs> oh, that's gross. Oh um, so down the uh hallway Data explains um interpersonal relationships to Q because Picard has sent Data and Q down to help in engineering. And uh, Data is trying to explain, Q, you're just kind of an asshole, and that's your problem. <laughs> and Q is uh-huh. like, Yeah, I don't care. I don't, I don't know. I
2: don't care. <laughs> and, uh, Data says, Actually, okay, now keep going because we have many good lines here.
0: Well, I didn't write down any of them. So if you have them written down, I just w- I wrote Let's... down that Data goes on to tell him that uh successfully working on a starship requires building relationships, which makes Q groan.
2: He says, He does say, Oh, it's so hard and he's right <laughs> by the way it
0: is, it is i was like damn q's based. uh and working in groups also and he says this one i did write down i'm not good in groups it's difficult to work in groups when you're omnipotent and this they <laughs> fucking pause the scene and data just like kind of nods and looks like yeah i didn't think about that okay
2: and s- says something about the uh picard's little trained minions and data says back to him the captain The captain is merely concerned with your ability to interact with his little trained minions.
0: (laughs) Data's good. This is an episode about how Q is good, but also how Data is good.
2: Data's like the best type of guy.
0: He pretty much is. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) Picard lets the science team on the planet uh, know that uh, they're trying the plan again. Um, They're trying a new plan. And the the they on the planet the Brie, all four people are like, uh, hey, we're all really scared down here because we're all going to fucking die. But we don't worry. We understand. No matter, no matter what happens, you're trying your best. No pressure. But we're all terrified.
1: Hey, we're still that, here. That, that's that's really charitable. <laughs> Being like, hey, you know, you know, please try to keep working on our whole apocalypse situation. If you don't get it, we understand. But <laughs> uh, know that we may be wiped out as a race. Uh, yeah this. Eh, it was
0: it, it was a lot calmer than most people would be about it i think maybe he's just accepted his demise he's like well at least this way i don't have to pay back my house debt
1: maybe they just don't they don't have very high expectations of the federation there's like oh, fucking federation they don't do shit they just well it's
0: just a weird problem dude like the, how often does a moon fall out of the sky
1: a moonfall
2: seems yeah. like it happens a lot it's happened twice at least
0: yeah. But only two separate different planets, hundreds of years apart. That's fine. Uh but anyway, um Worf detects uh an energy search from the Calamarain during this, and uh they they point out that they will have to keep their shields down for this operation. So it's a little uh little sketchy, a little collar tuggy. But Q and Data arrive in engineering, and Q immediately starts trying to boss people around. <laughs> and Jordy's like, what the hell are you doing? They all know what they're doing. Stop that. Uh you need to know what you're doing. And he tells him, like, I need you to go over here and manually control this field integrity. And and Q's like, that's a waste of my talents. And Jordy's like, dude, I can't with you. Fuck off. And he walks away. (laughs) And Q asks Data who Jordy thinks he is to give him orders like that. And Data's just like, he thinks he is in command here. And he is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Q is just not having a good day. I should mention, Mm. too, I don't think we mentioned before... Uh, but when this episode started, they said that it was like 29 hours till the moon fell. So this is all literally happening in a day.
1: Yeah, well, we we saw whenever Q fell asleep, so that was probably like eight hours right there that we're you know experiencing. Yeah, um, it's it's so hard to tell how how far like time is like going on in Star Trek sometimes because like the the amount of time we've covered right now in an episode. Could feel identical to like if they said, like, yeah, so six months went by.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to mention that this is just all a day. He was only a human for like a day. So, yeah, it's, longer.
2: It's just, you don't know what time it is in space. That's what space is about.
0: Uh, so, on the bridge, they begin the uh, attempt to Operation Moon Fix and also in engineering. Uh, but they aren't going to, um, they aren't able to fully encompass the moon. And Q, in like a very bored way, says, lets Jordy know that the two parts of the moon will have different uh, inertial densities. And Jordy's like, I, I think I can adjust this. I think I can compensate this. And Q's like, I don't think you can. And Jordy's like, you don't know what the ship can do. And Q's like, fine, don't listen to me. You're just going to crumble the moon. <laughs> and Jordy's <laughs> like, shut up. And Q's like, how dare you tell me to shut up? And that's so asked, good. Data has to play babysitter again and advise Q to cooperate. And he listens to Data because Data's been nice to him. Um, but the plan does start to work. And the Enterprise begins like slowly towing the moon. But unfortunately, the Calamari take this opportunity to attack. And the force of the attack uh, knocks them into the planet's atmosphere. And they have to go full impulse engines to pull out of it. Which means that uh, the Calamari can get past the shields. And they uh, have the opportunity to attack Q again. And so this time they they get back their light back into Q and he's he's all glowy again and they're like dragging him up into the ceiling, <laughs> like this is fucking uh, Willy Wonka in the he's chocolate factory.
2: He's going up the tube where the warp core is in.
0: Yeah, and Data's and, trying to help by grabbing his feet and being like, no, don't go. And so Data's starting to get electrocuted too with the tachyon energy. But uh, Jordy finally manages to get the shields back up, and they both just collapse on the floor. And Data is is totally uh, inert and unconscious.
2: Data is fucking dead. He does seem
0: like he might be a little dead. So in sickbay, Jordy says he's not dead. Don't worry. Oh. (laughs) But he nearly died, Um, and and him and Doctor Crusher are attempting to fix uh, fix him so he doesn't die. They're doing some android surgery. And Dr. Crusher observes that uh, if he were mortal, this easily would have killed him. And Q is like, now don't overstate it, Doctor. I'm mortal and I survived. And Picard just turns and yells at him like, what the fuck, Q? Did you have like no concern for anyone but yourself. He's just saved your life. And, and Q kind of looks like slightly concerned, but he's just like, he's strong. He'll survive. <laughs> And uh, Crusher at this point is like, everybody get the fuck out of here. We're trying to fix data. And and so uh, they leave. But Riker lingers to ask Jordy about the moon's trajectory. And Jordy's like, you know, I bought us it. a little bit of time, but it's still going to fall. But uh, we're going to have to try it again. And Riker's like, um, when we do, the Calamaran are just going to go after Q again. And Jordy like, very tersely and very seriously says, he is not worth it.
3: Yeah.
2: Geordi. Advocating to
0: let Q die. You know,
2: he's... He just told you how to win the moon pushing contest, and you're just mad because he wasn't nice to you.
1: You
0: know, it, he's not wrong. Also, though, like these, these millions of people on this planet are gonna die if they don't get this solved. It
1: it's insane to me that Picard is like totally willing to let this entire planet full of people die instead of like sacrificing Q in any capacity. Like, well,
0: you think back to a few episodes ago, Hayes, and remember, when Picard was willing to go to interstellar war with the Romulans rather than force Worf to give a little bit of blood.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, we, and we found out that he, would, he did indeed let that fucking guy die just to teach Worf a lesson. <laughs> he did. And, and Worf never learned a lesson. Nothing was gained.
0: Nothing was gained. Picard has nice. some, uh, he has some ethics that are his own. <laughs> um so q goes to see picard though in his ready room and uh he's now like contemplating his own death a lot he says uh he tells picard i've never had to think about my own death and now i've I've nearly died and i, I keep thinking about this shit and he he says like i don't understand why data nearly sacrificed himself for me uh and i thought about it and i realized i wouldn't have done the same for him and that makes me feel shamed and picard is like not he's like i don't fucking care dude. i'm not gonna absolve you i'm not your priest confessor What what are you telling me all this for? And Q just continues, like ignores him and continues talking. (laughs) Like, whatever, I'm keeping him talking. Picard, you're my
2: friend. Come on, we're buds.
0: He says this very good line, though. Uh, He says, as I learn more and more uh, what it is to be human, I am more and more convinced that I would never make a good one. I don't have what it takes. Without my powers, I'm frightened of everything. I'm a coward, and I'm miserable, and I can't go on this way. And so he leaves while Picard just resumes drinking his tea like fucking Kermit the Frog.
2: (laughs) He do be sipping the tea.
0: (laughs) He's literally sipping the tea like Kermit. He's just like, what the fuck was that? Drinks his tea. Uh, But Q returns to the sickbay where Data is is up and functioning again. But he can't talk currently because apparently they're they're recalibrating his language circuits. So he's just sitting there with um, his head open. So you can see the inside of his brain. I... I don't know how to describe that in a way that's entertaining, but it's a great shot.
1: He's got, he, it doesn't really make a lot of sense the way that his brain opens up because he's got sensors both on the inside and outward facing part of his little brain cavity there. Like you think, you think that the, the, the skull part wouldn't have any, any like lights and, you know, do hickeys on there, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe, maybe, I'm being overly critical of you know, how many data's dumb positronic brains. How
2: many it, positronic brains have you made? None. Well,
0: and also his skull, too. I like because obviously he's a human actor and they just have makeup on him, but it looks like paper thin. So it's like <laughs> his skull is like a millimeter thick at most. That's good.
2: It's really strong. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> but uh, Q returns there and uh, he leans in privately to tell data. There are creatures in the universe who would consider you the ultimate achievement, Android. No feelings, no emotions, no pain. And yet you covet those qualities of humanity. Believe me, you're missing nothing. But if it means anything to you, you're a better human than I. And he walks Aww. away. And Data, like, turns to look at the other guys like, did you fucking hear this shit? <laughs> did you hear what this guy said to me? <laughs> Man,
2: that was weird.
0: Uh, but Q heads down to the hall to the turbo lift and asks the computer where the shuttle bay is and the computer the turbo the turbo the turbo, pe, 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 pe. one second
1: oh so whenever you mess up you get to take it out but whenever i mess up it's gotta stay in for all time I hey, see that how- was a royal <laughs>
0: fuck up dude my words just vanished from my head i felt like i was having a stroke for a second there anyway uh, where were we? uh so yeah he goes down to uh, the turbo lift to the sh- main shuttle bay and on the bridge they notice an unscheduled shuttle launch so they hail the shuttle and they discover it's Q. And they're like, Q, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, no, don't go trying to rescue me. This is uh, the least I can do is to go off and die so I don't trouble you anymore. So just leave me alone. Let me let me go. And uh, they kind of make motions. They're like, extend the shields around him. And he's like, no, don't extend the shields around me. No, aren't you listening? Go away. Uh, and so, of course, the Calamari descends on the shuttle. And Picard orders the shuttle beamed back into the shuttle bay, which is fucking he's like this goes against every fiber of my being but he orders it and then he like sheepishly looks at Riker after he orders it and says it's a perfectly good shuttle <laughs> like i don't want to see my shuttle destroyed but the transporter can't get a lock on it and so they attempt again to extend shields around it but Jordy reports the shields are locked as well
1: wait a minute this sounds like some Q shenanigans happening all of a sudden it no- does working and they don't know why wait a minute
0: I can't be right, though. Q doesn't have any powers.
1: Exactly, exactly. He's useless.
0: Uh, So Q is in the shuttle waiting to die, looking miserable still. And we see someone pop through the wall. A second Q.
1: Oh, my God. So it it is a second Q, but it's not a second John Delancey. This is a blonde haired lad that we have upon us now.
0: Yeah, who's just chosen to wear the same outfit as Q. So he's even also. Though, in the even though he jumpsuit. hates it. <laughs> yeah, they both hate it. They're like, what the hell are we wearing? <laughs> and I love to. Q turns to greet him and just shouting, Q. Yes, all the Qs are named Q. No, it's not confusing. Shut up. It's great. <laughs> but I the understand
2: Q... it. If you uh, were they... an omnipotent Q, you would get it.
0: I think mean, Q is different from Q. Yeah, sure. You know, there's Q and there's Q and there's well, Q so, over there.
2: You know, I. I love this guy. He did a great job of being a Q. I, he's so theatrical and an asshole, but not as much as Q. So, yeah, I love him.
0: Yeah, he really nails the part of being uh, a better Q. Q, but better. Um, but uh, Q, <laughs> but better, uh, asks Q if he's up to maybe a little bit of a selfless act. And Q's like, oh, don't try to compliment me. I'm just trying to off myself, man. Being human fucking sucks. And the other Q is like, uh, well, you know, I've been keeping an eye on you. And, and Q says, I always thought you were in my corner. <laughs> His fucking <laughs> reaction. He's like, yeah, I was actually the one who got you kicked out. And Q's Aww. face fucking drops. Like, uh. Mm-hmm. But uh, he starts ranting about how much Q sucks and how he got sick of, like, having to go to solar systems and, uh, and apologize for him constantly. And he's like, yeah, you just, like, you you did enough. But now that you you've done this one selfless act... Uh, to prevent the Enterprise from being destroyed I can't just go back to the Continuum and tell them this because they're all going to get mad at me
1: I, I, so- I like that he basically says that like there's going to be paperwork and are going <laughs> to debate it over gonna be a whole you, thing. you get the impression he's not trying to give Q back his powers not out of like an act of just like well you've earned it Q but as much as like listen I don't want to have to fucking deal with all the fucking everything that comes with this now like you've made my life hell if I if I just you know let you get killed now
0: yeah that is exactly it but i do i do think it was a selfless act Though we we talked about this earlier and like uh he
1: he, he doesn't even want to admit it's a selfless act he's like he has to uh like uh, q2 has to sit next to q prime and like q this was a selfless act wasn't it and q's just like you know just maybe a small one
0: (laughs) yeah because they talk about how uh, q knows that the enterprise would be destroyed by the Calamarain eventually and by doing this q is saving the enterprise from being destroyed by them yeah and and also there's a bunch of millions of people maybe about to die because their moon is falling on them so that's Listen, also everyone for-
1: everyone's forgotten about them at this point
0: <laughs> i always think about the moonfall um but uh but yeah so he gets his powers back just because it's a big pain in the ass for the other q so good job q you did it and the first fucking thing he does when he gets his powers back is to put himself in a captain's uniform
3: <laughs> which i applauded
0: and then he uh shrinks the calmarine down into the palm of his hand and he's like oh you thought i tormented you before huh <laughs> you just wait <laughs> and this fucking q2 sticks his head through the wall and he's like q what did i tell you about torturing the aliens he's like oh i wasn't doing it no one i was
1: just kidding it, it, just kidding he basically just says i was just making sure you were still watching <laughs> it's just a prank bro
0: And he just blows them away out of his hand. He
1: blows them out like a candle.
0: (laughs) Uh, So then we have the best scene in this episode, uh, where on the bridge they observe that the calamarine have vanished, and so has the shuttle, and so they assume the worst, and that Q is no more. And suddenly, Q! (laughs)
1: we have
0: a fucking mariachi band q is playing the trumpet in the mariachi band he's
1: having the time of his goddamn life he's he's so happy he's dancing he's oh
0: contraire mon capitan he makes cigars appear in Riker and picard's hands and uh and picard's just like q what the hell are you doing and uh he's like i feel like celebrating and uh he makes uh, like babes appear on, on Riker's. Uh, I, I don't remember actually what led up to that exactly, wasn't it? Like, oh, hey, hey, right. Riker, he hey Riker, says, come on, you gotta <laughs> chill
2: out, come on, let's party. <laughs> oh, no, like, it was like, I don't want to party, boo hoo.
0: <laughs> uh, he's more like uh, cues like, I'm omnipotent again, and Riker just says, swell, and he's like, oh, come on now, Riker, don't, don't you uh, fret, my good fortune is your good fortune, and he makes the the Babes, babes appear on Riker's shoulders.
1: Bikini babes. And, and Riker, in a very uncharacteristic move, goes, I don't want your fantasy women.
0: No, that's not uncharacteristic at all. Because he says what he says is, I don't need your fantasy women, which is 100% true. He does <laughs> not true. need to fantasy women. He has women <laughs> all over the place.
1: And q obliges he just says okay and he just teleports them over to warp and warp's it was just like oh
0: yeah warps more into it but it, before he says that too he says oh you're so stolid you weren't like this before the beard
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but q says his farewells he's like i've said my welcome i just was uh i wanted to go and i wanted to make sure i uh I, have, I owe you guys a debt of gratitude and i also wanted to uh repay data's kindness here with a with a gift and so data starts to be like if you're gonna make me human q and he's like no 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 i I would not wish that curse on you don't worry <laughs> and instead he um he just says enjoy and he disappears and data just like starts bursting out in laughter and it's delightful
1: it's it's like the it's such a like how would you describe his laughter it's like this like very obviously very involuntary it's almost like alien in the way that he like laughs it's like oh
0: oh." well it's just like i would i would describe it more as just like genuine and joyous because like that's like if you something really gives you a belly laugh that's what he's he's doing a good belly laugh
1: sure sure sure
0: and uh he he laughs a bit he like looks back and he starts laughing again have you ever had a a laughing fit like that it's fun like that yeah i
1: don't like it it's where where everything it, you you get so happy, get laughing so much that everything you see just somehow is hilarious to it, you.
2: Losing control of your body is not fun to me.
1: It's it's great.
0: It's a fun experience to lose control of your body sometimes. Mm-hmm. But Jordy asks why, uh, why he was laughing, and he's like, I don't know, but it was a wonderful feeling. He realizes Q gave me a feeling, and then they just uh they also get hailed from B all four. And they they thank them immediately. They're like, thank you for returning the moon. We don't know how you did it, but you returned the moon to its normal orbit. And they're like, we did what now? And they look at it. And sure enough, the moon is fixed. The moon is no longer falling. Thanks, who Q. Who could have
1: done that? My God, Q.
0: <laughs> and so they're like, oh, I guess uh, I guess all is well that ends well. And so I love that they, they brought back the uh, traditional Picard ending here for this for this scene. Because they uh, they get ready to head off. And, and Picard's like, oh, send us off to the space station. And he just says, like, perhaps there's a residue of humanity in Q after all. And he, like, lifts up his hand to say engage as you do. <laughs> what happens in his hand, McBreeze?
2: <laughs> his hand. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in this entire show.
3: It's, a <laughs> his, <laughs> it's so good. His,
2: uh, the, cig- the cigar appears back in his hand. And it's lit. And in the smoke is Q's head. He says, don't bet on it picard
0: i love it
1: it's so good
0: what's who's the the fucking alien in the flintstones the great gazoo yes yeah that was his great gazoo moment in that cigar
1: it, it's so funny how the show can go from like space politics to just like complete cartoon zone at <laughs> the drop of a hat
0: i love it so much this entire scene is so fun
1: Yep, like, this... Yeah.
0: Like yeah. Yeah. We don't have Q powers for most of the episode, but when we do have Q powers, oh boy, does he use them.
1: That's why I want another. Again, that's why. Uh, with these, what was the second Q episode called? Q who? Q who? awesome episode, because it's just Q using his powers in the most fun way possible.
0: Oh, Hide it, and Q, the second Q episode. Uh, hide oh. and Q,
1: yes, yes. Hide and Q. I, I can't believe you still don't like that episode, because it was like the, uh, th- that entire episode was like the end of this episode. It's Q just abusing his powers.
0: It's so it's much fun. silly. It's <laughs> not good in season silly? one.
1: <laughs> of course it's silly.
0: It just, it's uh... It's, I don't hate it. I just it's no hate it's it. no you deja hate q. it. It's no deja q. This is De- a great
1: episode. Deja q is great. I, I want more Q. I do we get more Q this season?
0: No. He gets one a season, that's all. No. Oh. That's uh, all he's contracted for some reason. I don't know why he only gets one a season.
2: Cause we've got very serious face stories to tell. Here. We do.
0: We Here have on a the very show. Yeah, on this show, on this podcast specifically, we have a matter of perspective that we are gonna be talking about after this break. So stay tuned. And we are back. We're gonna be now talking about uh a matter of perspective episode. 14 of season three. I almost said thirteen because I'm looking at the wrong page here. No, hey PR.
1: Merc. Hi Hayes. Appropriate nothing. Um have you been playing more Ace Attorney or did you stop?
0: I kinda stopped. Have you heard about this Minecraft game, Hace? It's pretty good.
1: Minecraft. Well, if you'd played it all the way through, you would have been uh prepared for this court episode. Uh-huh.
0: I've I've seen court fiction before, Hase. I think I'm prepared. Big, uh, I've seen this episode many times before.
1: Big uh, Night Court fan.
0: What the fuck is that?
1: You don't know what Night... Never mind. I don't know,
0: I don't know what Night Court is, Grandpa. I'm, I'm not that old. <laughs>
1: Everyone <laughs> loves Night Court.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was before my time, I think, wasn't it? That's an old, oh, old show. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Everyone loves uh, Jonathan Laircat. It was
2: Hase's patented uh captain america old man voice
0: <laughs> 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 um y- yes for you listening at home the joke there is that i am actually much older than haze but it's still night court is still behind before my time i think things go in cycles where like uh like were you the first one talking about colombo and our friend group Hayes? Mm-hmm. and that's definitely also before my time
1: oh Columbo's like 70s
0: yeah it's fucking old
1: yeah, uh, Columbo's so great, though. So great. I think
0: I think they were still making Columbo into the 90s, though, because it was just very popular well, and they made it for what a long happened, time.
1: I would, I would have to look up the exact date. There was, like, a mainline series that went up to, I think, like, the seventh season. And then every, like, kind of quote-unquote season after that was more of just kind of, like, spin-off episodes over the decades.
0: Yeah, they did, like, more, like, made-for-TV movies or something about Columbo, right? Well, it's... Not
1: quite. Any, anytime you see like a reference to like a Columbo movie, it was typically just like two episodes being slapped together and put in a theater.
0: Oh, so like yeah. an anime movie? <laughs> <laughs> Not Columbo wrong. It's hey. anime. It comes all back around. Columbo being anime. But anyway, let's talk about Star Trek. Uh, so we're going to talk about a matter of perspective. Perspective. And uh, it was first aired on February twelfth, nineteen ninety. It was written by Ed Zuckerman. Directed by Cliff Bowl, and the in universe date is 43610.4, so you're 2366. And this is the one where Riker is uh, in an inquiry where he's accused of murder. And we must see the, the events portrayed uh, in the perspectives of different people, thanks to the holodeck. Murder, it's, it's, holodeck.
1: Uh, murder As- among other charges.
0: No, he's only being charged for the murder. Let's be clear; they don't care about the attempted rape,
1: <laughs> or, or the wife beating.
0: Well, even even Riker um... in
1: in his, in his own address was just like, "Listen, I won't. I, you won't get in trouble for this <laughs> after he fucking slaps his wife."
0: Hey, hey it happens. Look, Sometimes you slap your wife.
2: the The wife beating guy isn't even gonna be available for trial, so it's fine. That's true
1: riker was totally prepared to just you know let that go you know under he was just gonna push that under the the sofa like he was he was not going to address that he even said as much he said oh this won't affect your report or anything don't worry
3: about it
0: well why would it it has nothing to do with this this research i'm gonna say he's a jerk who slaps his wife what about the
1: ethics of the federation
2: riker is not a cop Okay, he's just here. He is to by look
1: definition at... a cop.
2: No, he's just here to look <laughs> at the science.
0: He's he, he just cares about the science, man. He's not here to say who almost raped who or who slapped who. You know, that's just all unrelated. Don't
1: worry about it. All
2: unrelated
0: right. Drama. So, what do you guys thoughts about this episode? What do you th- What do you think of this episode? A like Matter it. of perspective. I love it. I, I love it's
2: it. Really funny. It's such a funny episode. You
0: keep saying that while we're talking about the attempted rape. (laughs) Not
2: the raping part.
0: I don't know. It was a little funny.
2: (laughs) The part where where everyone uh, is going in saying, oh, actually, uh, this happened in a way where I was very reasonable and everyone else was so crazy. And also... Who el- who beat up who is also in dispute between every account, which is very funny to me.
0: Yeah, well, Hayes and I were talking about this earlier before we started recording, and, and Hayes you were saying that it's it's very funny that we don't know for sure if, if Riker uh, we never get confirmation that Riker is or is N- not a There rapist. is
1: zero follow up to that at all.
0: Y- yeah, and I <laughs> not, no, not, he said he's that, not not going after that. Not going after that directly. <laughs> I just mean like this kind of episode really uh really displays like how uh shaky human perspective is because you know we think of things in the terms of movies and media and tv show and we see this one narrative that's portrayed in front of us but fiction that uh, addresses the unreliable narrator really gets more at the heart of what what people are actually like because this this is more like like yeah these events maybe just happened the day before but the way that they're perceived by the people who experience them are going to be colored by their emotional state. It's going to be colored by their knowledge. It's going to be colored by all of the stuff that makes them tell wildly different stories of what happened. Because things like that, like that fight scene in this episode, they happen so fast. that accounts are going to be fuzzy and accounts are not going to be uh, like objective and accurate. Like we like to think of our memories as being this objective recording of what happens, but it's just simply not like that.
1: Do you think when Riker goes through life and he's getting laid all the time, in his, from his perspective, it's always all these women coming on to him, and oh, absolutely poor innocent Riker It's just like,
0: "I'm just a chased child. I don't. But if I must, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure he does think that. But also, we do see a lot of women do just come on to him, so <laughs> he's not huh? entirely wrong. You, you heard me.
2: They don't show that part.
0: They don't show that part on television, no. But it, it, it happens.
1: But yeah, mm. let's let's get into let's go on to the uh i was trying to think of a cum pun. i but i can't let's go
0: <laughs> i like the phrase cum pun though
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it came out better than oh,
0: no, no <laughs> <laughs> huh just, there you go you just have to not think about it <laughs> and it just comes out uh-huh. <laughs> this is too easy uh anyway we open to a painting course on the enterprise we've got like two two other students and captain picard all painting large canvases of a nude female model, and we uh, we get to see a glimpse of what Picard's painting, and it's kind of this uh, this cubist dealy. Data walks in to let Picard know that they've arrived at the station, um, and he's like taking a look at Picard's canvas, and he's like, "Oh." Picard's like, "Yeah, take a look around the class. Uh, let me, let us know what you think." And so he walks over to one of the other students, and the guy's just kind of painting a more direct perspective of the woman in front of him, and says, "Oh, he's doing a very good job of a, a geometric constructivism." Uh, which I guess, whatever. I don't really know what that means. And the uh, the other uh, the woman there is painting the lady, and she's actually painting her as a violin, which I like. This painting it's cool, but um, that's they, not even
2: alive. That's wrong.
0: But Data's like, oh, you're effectively combining surrealism and Dadaism, huh? Daddy. And,
1: uh, Daddyism?
0: No, Dadaism. Silly, silly named boy. After,
2: named after famous martial artist Dada five thousand.
0: Do you guys not know about Dada?
2: I know about that.
0: All right. I'm going like, to let me D- lecture Dadaism. about the fucking urinal for five hours.
1: Dadaism <laughs> is whenever I start nodding my head when people start talking about it. <laughs>
2: I correctly Dadaism. identified uh, uh, Picard's painting in universe as a, uh, according to data, it's a shitty Picasso ripoff.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. It
3: was
1: what, like Picasso and Monet that he was trying to do?
0: Uh, I don't think it was Monet. I don't he, he, gives if they didn't write them, uh, exactly what data says but data walks over to picard's and he's like interesting and uh and picard's like urging him like no no what do you think tell me and he fucking gives him the most scathing critique of like uh you're trying to con uh juxtapose these two styles and it looks like shit and your color choices are all bad but he's saying it politely he's not saying it like i'll uh with curse words and shit but you can see picard's face just like falling and getting angry and he's like that's enough thank you goodbye
1: and, and like, you, you know, what 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 does the starting sequence uh, have to do with the rest of the episode? You might say that everyone has their own interpretation of the same thing. You uh, could say.
0: You could uh, say. It's a matter of perspective. I don't get it. We learn that the Enterprise has delivered supplies to a station nearby and has also heard from a scientist, Dr. Apgar, that he uh, he's making good progress towards creating these uh, Krieger waves, which could be considered useful or which are considered useful to the Federation. So they're they're going to check it out and um, and report on his progress. Uh, or they have been. And Picard goes to the bridge and welcomes back LaForge, who's been down there on the station. And he's like, oh, where's where's Commander Riker? And uh, Forge is like, he's still down there. And he has, like, a face. And so Picard's like, were, were there any problems down there? And Geordi's like, none with the scientific part of the mission. <laughs> before, Mike-
1: b- before we get to this episode in earnest, I meant to ask earlier, what is, like... Merck you're an art knower, so I'm asking you this uh-huh can you like make like when when you're like a muse or, or like a model for like you know painters and such is that like a profession do you make money doing that or is that more of like a is that like a extracurricular thing you kind of decide to do with your time like what like in the in the real world in the real world obviously not the star Trek world like do you could you make a living just being like a model
0: um I painter? don't f- I don't think that those people make a living off of it because I don't think it pays a lot, but they do get paid for sure for their right. time. Right, because you have to like it's hard work. They have to stand there for and hold a pose for like hours sometimes.
1: Uh, right, totally, totally. Like,
0: yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's enough to make a living. It's just kind of some extra cash money, and I think they just like like a lot of the people who do it. I think just like to show their body. You know, they're like sure. proud of it and shit. And uh, not not because necessarily like like it's just it's a, not like a vanity. It was, posi- yeah, yeah, it's a body positivity thing for a lot of people. I think absolutely. And all all the models I've met have been really cool people. So,
1: I like, I imagine, like, you have to be like, that seems like genuinely hard work having to sit there. I mean, probably like for like at least four hours at a time, perfectly still.
2: Probably like hard work and also like not work that you can do all day, every day, you know, to actually make a lot of money doing
0: it. I'm going to say to be a nude model (laughs) for artists all the time. But
2: we've got got
1: classes all day, (laughs) all day, all night. You can't make a living being a nude model. What's the point of our society?
0: Uh, And all the figure drawing, too, I I have. It's, like, usually not them maintaining a a long pose for the entire session, but usually they're, like, doing one pose for 10 minutes and doing another pose for 10 minutes. Or sometimes there's like, five-minute poses. Um, Really? Yeah. You don't usually have them just being there for four hours in the same pose, but uh, I guess you could. I I think the longest we had was, like, 90-minute poses sometimes.
1: Mm. Interesting.
2: Haste, yep. we have just discovered a fact here on the wiki. I would like
1: Haste to read this for me. All right, let's take a look here. Picard is never seen painting again. It's a deleted scene. Had Picard throw red paint at his painting after Data's crushing criticism of his work. No. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy shit.
0: Data destroyed his budding career. Just, Data, Data,
1: Data ended this bad. man's whole career. He did.
0: I didn't think it was that bad. Come on. Poor Picard.
1: He's, he seemed like he put a lot of work into it, too.
0: He did. I think that's why he was so upset.
2: <laughs> you, gotta, you just got to keep at it, Mr. Picard.
0: Uh, you do it because you love to do it. You don't do it for praise from Data.
2: Especially
3: not
1: praise <laughs> from Data. No. On the other hand, if Data is ripping on you, then that's not a good sign.
0: Well, you know he means well. I mean, that Maybe that's what makes it hurt worse is because you know he's just telling the truth because he's not going to lie to you. You know?
1: I mean, really, Picard did it to himself. Like Data tried to, Data tried not to say too much, but Picard, <laughs> Picard wanted wanted the truth, and he got it.
0: I feel so bad for Picard now. That's this little fact from the wiki has destroyed me. <laughs> he,
1: he couldn't <laughs> I stay, handle point, the truth. I really want to see that delete scene.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Riker, um, Riker hails from the station, and he sounds kind of angry and pissed off. And he has, says he's ready to be beamed up. So O'Brien says, "Okay," and starts to beam him up. And then uh, then O'Brien notices there's a, a power drain. He reports this. Uh, and before their eyes, the station explodes.
2: Kababooey. Riker is fucking dead.
0: Well, that's what it, they lo- it looks like. And O'Brien <laughs> says he's having trouble clearing the signal, but he does manage to get Riker safely on board, which just goes to show you how much this show has developed over the last couple seasons, where they did not leave that as a fucking stinger cliffhanger, where <laughs> they would have easily it last season. Have.
2: That's a uh, good cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> but Riker is safely on board. He's not dead. Uh and O'Brien's like, oh, we did we were worried we're not gonna see you again and, and uh Riker's like, why? What what are you talking about? And O'Brien's like, uh, the station exploded. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess very matter
2: of factly. Yeah, it exploded over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you didn't notice while you were being transported? It's fucking exploded. So um we learn in the next scene that Dr. Apgar was the only one aboard the station when it exploded. How and uh I guess they yeah, and the, Did uh, you I, see
1: I, how big that station was? It was fucking
0: massive. You know, it's hard to tell from scale in these things. He's I don't think a... it was that big because we had uh, Manuel cool. saying at one point that it was a small station.
1: I'm gonna take a look at it right now, and i want to I'm I want to see like the scale of like a window compared to the rest. Uh, of I it. think because that, that's how I have to tell tell scales with Star Trek models is how big most, a window is.
2: Most of the stations probably just filled with model trains.
0: <laughs> that would okay. be so cool. It
2: looks kind of like uh, <laughs> like looks like kind of like an aircraft control tower.
0: Yeah, I I got the impression that a lot of it was uh, scientific instruments and stuff I for think, his research.
2: Yeah, I think this top, if you're, this top part of it is probably just that one room we saw. Okay, so that that might be what the scale is. That doesn't really make sense for the windows, but don't worry about it.
0: Don't worry about the windows. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely worrying about it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we know that Dr. Apgar was the only one on the station. We don't know how we know this, but we know this. Uh, and Data says that the evidence from the explosion suggests that it was an overload of the station's uh, generator. But there had been nothing wrong with it while they were on the station. So they're like, that's fucking weird. And Riker seems really reluctant to talk about what happened down there. He's like really tight-lipped about it. And uh, Picard asks him, like, what the what happened down there? And he's like, oh, it was a long story, but I'm sure it has nothing to do with this accident. Um, and Worf reports that Chief Investigator Crag of the Planet Security Force has requested permission to beam aboard. Hello, so oh, re- Is, is "Crag is here. We, the aliens in this show, too, like uh, we didn't really talk about this last episode, what the aliens look like because it wasn't important. But this is also not important, but let's talk about it. The aliens have ridges on their faces. That's it.
2: That's it. They, they look do. like
0: humans with edgy faces.
2: They have weird hair sometimes.
0: I don't, it's very human hair though. Like it's not the, the styles are a little weird. Maybe the women wear their hair like in very up styles. Like the assistant kind of has a Marge Simpson hairdo.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The uh, the main scientist guy basically looks like Heihachi
1: Is the important thing. He definitely does. It's really good. He looks so he, badass.
0: He does. I guess I didn't think about this until you said it just now. But you're fucking right. He's got Heihachi hair, like a short version, but it's Heihachi hair.
1: The, anyway. the Napgar Zaibatsu. Sorry, the Apgar Zaibatsu will not be denied.
0: <laughs> um But uh Worf goes to greet the guy crag uh in the transporter room and brings him to the bridge where Picard and Riker greet him. But crag immediately walks over to Riker and says that he's there to take Riker into custody on suspicion of Moira. Whoa.
3: Oh my he Doesn't God. say it like that,
0: but that's what it's for. But uh, he wants Picard to release Riker to him immediately for transport, and Picard's like, "Can I uh, talk to you in private?" And uh, so he gives the bridge to, to Riker because Riker wants to travel with him. He wants to go <laughs> take this private conversation, and Picard has to suggestively be like, "No, you stay here." So uh, Jim, they...
2: there's this shot of Riker's walking around like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm number one. I'm in charge," and everyone's looking at him like, "What the?" F- Fuck! Did you do?
0: Yeah, the, all the eyes on the bridge are on him. Like, what the hell is happening here? And Riker's like, "Stop looking at me. <laughs> I'm in charge." uh But in the ready room, Picard is asking crag for evidence of this, and crag says that he has two witnesses that have come forward claiming that uh Riker had made threats against Doctor Apgar, and crag explains that on Tanuga Four, defendants are guilty until proven innocent, and that they are under Tanugan jurisdiction right now. But Picard oh. doesn't. Go ahead.
1: I just think it's funny seeing it's it's always the like, you know, American law is always the best way of doing things. But, you know, the evil space aliens, they're always everyone's proven, uh, you know, everyone's guilty until proven innocent. They've got zero. uh, uh, What do you call it? Um, You got zero mercy on their. You mean like Ace Attorney? It's basically Ace Attorney.
0: Yeah, you know, I, there's I, to be fair, though, there's a lot of problems with the American justice system, like a lot. And I'm never going to defend the American justice system, but I will defend that one part of it where innocent until proven guilty is a big fucking deal and it's good and uh, more yeah. aliens should adopt it. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Damn you stupid alien assholes.
0: <laughs> you alien jerks. Uh, but Picard does not think there is sufficient cause to release Riker. And ha- as the captain, uh, it's his decision and so Craig is like, well, we, we can make this decision down on the planet because I'm afraid you're going to just hi- hightail it out of here and run away. And Picard's like, I promise I won't do that. <laughs> and Craig's Link. like, how the fuck would I know if you tell the truth or not? Uh, it's, and-
1: it's not like they've done that before.
0: <laughs> uh, but right, uh, He says... Oh uh, well, you can know uh, you can interrogate Riker here on the ship. And Craig's like, Oh, well, that would be impossible because we have to accurately recreate all of the events leading up to the explosion. Uh, and we need all the depositions and all that. And Picard's like, Well, actually, we we do have this holodeck thing. We could potentially Wait
2: a uh, minute.
0: We could make this happen. So he calls Data in uh and tells him, like, hey, Data, would we be able to, you know, reconstruct the station and stuff? And Data's like, Well, we would need all the specs, but uh we can we can do it. We can make it happen. Uh, and we also, like, I have to add, too, when he calls Data into the ready room and Data walks over, look behind Data, and you will see Riker stick his head in, like, what's happening in there? <laughs> I want to
1: know!
2: I totally
1: did not see that.
2: I did <laughs> not. I'm just imagining him being a little cat.
0: Sticking it's his so head in. good. No, he looks like a kid, just like, what, what's happening in there? I want to see. What's, what's going <laughs> on? It's, it's, That's great. It's a little good little detail. Um, I almost missed it, too, and I'm glad I didn't. But uh Data's like, Yeah, we could we could do that. We would need the uh, uh, accurate uh specs on the station and the Krieger equipment. Um and Picard's like, okay, yeah, we can do that. And so Craig like reluctantly agrees. He's like, Okay, I'm gonna go back to the surface and get my witnesses. Um and so Picard like dramatically re-enters the bridge and he's like, Here's what we're gonna do, everybody. Geordie and Wesley, you're gonna assist Data in recreating the station on the holodeck and then and Geordie and, and Riker, you're gonna give detailed depositions uh to the computer of everything you saw and heard. And he also says, Troy, Troy, you're going to help me with this. He doesn't give any details on that. He just says, you're going to help me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Troy does this episode except for sit there. Like
1: <laughs> She gives her guidance, obviously. You don't believe she, in Troy.
0: She doesn't really give any guidance, though. She's just there.
1: It's her job is just to be there.
0: I guess.
1: She,
2: they, well, I guess Picard has to ask him, what do, you, what do you think is Commander Riker's mental state? And she said, oh, he's feeling very nervous about this. <laughs>
1: Thank you, <laughs> fair, Thank you, Troy.
0: Thank you, Troy. To be fair, I think this is some of the most valid uses of her empathic abilities we've seen just to confirm the unreliable narrator stuff when later she's like, yeah, no, she's telling the truth. You're telling the truth. Everybody's telling the truth to, according to their perspective. Wow. Um, huh? <laughs> but uh, he tells them all that – that Picard tells them all that his decision about this extradition will lie on the results of this inquiry. And Riker's like, uh, sir, can, can I speak to you? And Picard just kind of sighs and he's like – under these circumstances, I think that would be inappropriate. So, very no. sad. For very sad for Riker. So we get a little log from data informing us that they've spent the last eighteen hours recreating the station on the holodeck and the events, and they're all ready to start now. So they use things like uh the ground communications logs and Dr. Apgar's personal logs, etc., to make sure everything's as accurate as possible. And um we have Picard, Troy, Riker, and Crag enter into the recreation of the base. And they sit down at a, like, a prepared table to watch these scenes fold out. And Picard asks Riker if he has any words before they begin. And Riker says, well, first of all, I'm not a fucking murderer. Uh, and he's like, all I was there to do was be a representative of Starfleet and evaluate Apgar's progress on the Krieger wave converter. Or inverter. They keep calling it converter and inverter. I feel like those are two separate things. I'm not going to question it. It's mm, both, I guess. It's but he, a fake thing. But he loads up the holodeck to display the events from Riker's perspective. So these are all scenes that we are watching from Riker's point of view displayed in the holodeck. This is going to be confusing to say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Riker's point of view, though. Well, it's not his
2: point of view because we can see him.
0: No, but it's his deposition point of view. So yeah. it, is, it is his point of view. Don't, don't his, argue. It. His, don't make this more confusing, my phrase. His,
2: his point of talk.
0: His point of talk. Point of, talk. Uh, point of view is more of a mental thing than a perspective visual thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Apgar is there on the station with his assistant, Taina, who has the March Simpson hair, when uh, he and Jordy beam aboard. And they begin to get down to business perfectly pleasantly. And Apgar's wife, uh, Munua enters in a nice dress that is uh, kind of like this, uh, she's got like a pink underdress and like a white overdress and the buttons are undone at the top and it's got like this white lace on top and she's a very nice looking lady. She's very pleasant um, and she's really given Riker eyeballs. And again, this is Riker's point of view.
1: Riker uh, would never listen. He He's never tried to seek out anybody. It's just everyone wants to come to Riker.
0: You can't. You can't do what? Okay, you said the word "come," so there you go. (laughs) Yeah, she's a very gracious hostess, and she's offering them drinks before they get down to business. And Riker is polite, but he's not flirting at all with her. He's he's very business. He's very focused on doing his job.
2: I am very clearly, I am the Honorable Commander William Riker, and I committed no improprieties. I would (laughs) like to state.
0: I was all business, and I was very professional. Uh, But Apgar tells Riker that he uh, resents this early arrival and assures them that Starfleet will get their get their converter. He's just had some setbacks. And Riker says uh, he isn't there to pressure them. He just wants an update. And uh, Manua tells her husband, you know, you're being rude. And she like flirts a little with Riker and like, just just go calm down. We're going to have some drinks. And she like takes Riker away by the arm. And and you can hear my husband prattle about Krieger waves. And meanwhile, Jordi and Taina go off to do some other stuff. I don't know. We don't really focus on them this episode. But we do hear her telling Jordi that they have a um, a Lambda field generator down on the surface that they're using. So they get the drinks, and Riker toasts to Apgar's success, and Manua adds, and to the rewards that come with it. And Apgar asks why they've arrived early, and Riker explains that the Enterprise just had a mission nearby, and they were following up out of convenience, uh, because they know that he'd requested some more dicacillium. And um, and the Enterprise itself would be back tomorrow. And Apgar's surprised that the Enterprise just left them there. And Riker's like, Oh, we didn't want to put you out. We have arrangements to stay on the surface of the planet. And um, Manua's like, Oh, no, no, I can't. That's silly. You stay up here on the station. We've got plenty of room. And her husband's like, Well, that would be really inconvenient, but whatever. <laughs> um, and Apgar walks out. Manua apologizes for her husband's lack of social graces while Riker kind of silently drinks his, uh, his drink. And this is where Cragg, who is watching this, scene interrupts and is like, wait a minute, it was Manua's idea for you to stay up here? And Riker's like, ah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Um so Riker's point of view continues. Manua is showing Riker to the guest quarters, saying that she's done everything she can to make them warm and inviting. Uh and they're like a very it's a very like pink room. Um <laughs> I don't know why it's so pink, but I guess because it's her sanctuary but she brushes her hand against him while she shows him the environmental controls. And he's like, I'm sure I can find everything I need. You just leave me alone now, lady that is tempting me.
1: Riker right would never, <laughs> what the
3: fuck?
0: <laughs> um, and he, uh, she tells him, like, and this is the door control. And she shuts the door, both of them in there, and dims the lights. And she begins to come on to him, you know, and, like, drop her robe. And he's, like, putting her robe back on her and saying, no, I'm really tired. You should just go. and um and the door opens, and they're interrupted by Abgar.
1: Da da da! I did.
2: I enjoyed when she's saying, "Oh, forgive my husband. You know, he's he's a great scientist, but he does come up a bit short in other areas." I don't get it. He,
0: yeah, Aye. Aye. like his, his uh cleaning. He's a terrible housekeeper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why don't you yeah. just say that? It's one of many things, you know. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of little things. A lot, of, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> hmm? I make myself All loud. the
1: small things.
0: <laughs> Don't get that song in my head, goddammit. Um, but anyway, Epgar interrupts him and he says to his wife that, I knew you'd I'd find you here with him. I saw the way you were looking at him. And I'm not the fool you take me for. And he slaps her across the face and she falls down. Like, he slaps her hard. And, uh, and then he <laughs> fucking attempts Makes- to... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Emphasis on attempt.
0: He attempts to punch Riker, but Riker like deftly dodges to the side real fast and he just falls and hits his head <laughs> on the bed. It's really good. Like this is exactly how it went down according to Riker. Because again, this is Riker's uh deposition reporting this.
1: Well Riker's but badass. He would never get Riker's, his ass kicked.
0: Yeah, and he would never throw a punch either. He's like I'm perfectly nonviolent. I'm simply gonna dodge until he falls on his own. <laughs> so, Riker tells him, though, no, that this has just been a terrible mistake. And Apgar tells him he won't get away with this. Um, So uh, Riker tells them, uh, uh, the real Riker, tells them that he didn't see Apgar again until the following morning when Apgar asked to see him alone after Jordy had already returned to the station. I mean, to the Enterprise. And so the playback continues, again, from Riker's point of view. And Apgar is, like, pacing around nervously and saying that... uh. Uh, he supposes if he makes a formal complaint, then Riker will just give a bad report. And Riker's like, no, I'm not going to say anything about this. This is not going to have any impact on my report. Uh, it's just been the worst kind of misunderstanding. And Apgar thinks Starfleet is concerned about the extra dicocillium that he's ordered. And he's like, I have explanations. You know, I can explain all this. And Riker is just frustrated at this point. And he's like, I don't need your explanations. And Apgar's like, well, fine. We have nothing further to discuss. And he walks over and sits down to this panel. And Riker requests to beam out. The end, right? Except, end. no. Craig asks if there's anything further that Riker would like to add, say, about a phaser firing. And Riker's like, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't fire a phaser. And Craig's like, oh, but we detected energy patterns just like the uh, Enterprise did. and um, And we think that a phaser was fired specifically from your position. And what? so crack shows him this recreation, this hypothetical recreation <laughs> of Riker turning around and shooting the fucking generator with a phaser before he beams out
1: seemingly arbitrarily, <laughs> of course, we don't really have the context for why they might think he might who would do it at this point, so at this point, it just like it just seems like Riker is an asshole for no reason, just wants to blow. he just wants to blow him up over a misunderstanding.
0: He's just a big murderer. And here's our proof is this video that we created showing him doing
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Artist recreation.
0: Uh, so on we, the we, rig- we made
1: a TikTok of Riker blowing up a ship. So obviously he had to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, but on the ridge, data, Wesley and jordy are examining the energy patterns and confirming what Craig said. It does look like this is what happened. But Wesley's like, it, it couldn't have been. It's like, There must be another reason. Like uh, Commander Riker wouldn't have done this. And Data asks if anything else in the lab could have created the energy pattern, and Geordi's like, nothing that I saw, but this is weird, man. I don't know. But Worf informs Data at this moment that there is a radiation burst outside of Cargo Bay 12 from an unknown source. And the computer says the emission is not consistent with any known radiation.
3: What?
0: I love the way this episode just weaves together, though. Like, it's it's a solidly written episode where everything, like, there's no, no uh, fat in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love episodes like that where it all just fits together. Uh, But Wesley and Jody are examining the damage caused by this radiation burst and it put a fucking hole in the wall of solid duranium. That's scary. (laughs) I'm going to say.
1: Isn't that supposed to be like the strongest metal known to the Federation?
0: It's called duranium. It better be fucking strong. (laughs) Better be really durable. That's why we trademarked geranium uh... and,
1: and and I like that this this effectively is like a B or kind of almost a C plot, but it's just a spin off of the main plot. It turns out it's not like it's its own weird adventure that has its own little wrap up It's just sort of like kind of, kind of a detour that they'll lead back into the the main sort of story
3: yeah, I heard you... this
1: way more than fucking two uh two stories happening at the same time that have almost nothing to do with each other and also don't tie into each other at all and have like no no nor do they have like a sort of moral or ethical tie-in to each other
0: yeah i i think we're kind of past that in the show i want to say don't don't quote me on that because i'm going to be proven wrong or something but no, um... no,
1: no longer will we have like a b plot show up at the very last second to be on the deck and be like oh you just gotta do this and then fucks off <laughs>
0: No, this all ties very neatly together, and I I love it, because right now you don't think it's related at all, and then it it slowly shows that it's more and more related to the the main Mm -hmm. case going on here until it solves everything. Yay! Anyway, spoilers. Uh, Spoilers, Riker didn't actually murder the guy. So anyway, Craig Craig re-enters the holodeck with uh, one of his witnesses, Manua, who is there in a pink gown. She really likes pink, this lady. And uh, Picard asks if she'd like to make a statement before they begin, and she says no, but I just know that Riker did it. And Michael's like, what? <laughs> I didn't do it. So now we get to see videos from uh, Manua's point of view.
2: Oh, and boy, is this different?
0: This, this is. And this is what I fucking love about this kind of story. Uh, this is Rashomon, where you see the same events and you get to see, like, they're, they're the same, but they're just a little bit different except um, when they're a lot different
3: except, for when, lot, they're lot except different. when they're insanely different
0: <laughs> but um manua is is uh, getting afgar ready for the meeting in their their back room and like reassuring him that it's gonna go fine you know just don't have that long face and still don't give them any reason to think anything's wrong you know you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself here and she's just uh, saying like show mm. him a little charm
2: and she's being all affectionate and holding each other on the shoulder and being very nice and definitely not someone who would be flirting with a Riker.
0: Yeah, and they kiss, and, and he promises uh, to one day get her everything she dreams of. And she's like, oh, but I have everything I need right here, baby. Uh, but Afgar's meeting with Riker uh, kind of goes the same. Like, she, he goes out first, and uh, it's the same thing as Riker reported. But she comes out. This time, her white dress, her white overdress is buttoned all the way up. And she offers I some refreshments. Even,
3: I didn't, didn't even notice, notice this was no. different
0: i know i was like there's something different about her dress and so i compared it and it's like uh that's what it is Riker reports that all her buttons were down but she reports <laughs> that all her buttons were up oh.
3: mm. uh
0: but um so in in her version though like uh she's being much more uh, proper and polite and she's just offering them refreshments and uh in in Riker's version she was really like like gazing at him a lot and uh and this time she's just like staring right at her husband the whole time while Riker is really like i fucking her the entire time you know what i mean Uh, yeah Um,
1: like every time like he's making all these like remarks like wow this all certainly is fascinating if you want to show me around you know i wouldn't mind that or you know if it's all right i could stay the night
0: yeah. And and he asks like asking her, like, Oh, do you uh do you help your husband with his work? And and she's like, No, I don't know anything about science and he's like, Oh, me neither. you know, just just all sorts of normal Riker shit that you would expect him to say. And like when they're introduced, he says her name like Manua, you know.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, and they Manure. go
0: and <laughs> <laughs> I keep feeling like I'm gonna say Manure by mistake with her name. I wanna say it Manua, but in the episode they kept calling saying Manua, so I don't know. Like Manure. She's poopy, she's a poopy lady. No, no she's not. That's me.
2: She's very nice.
0: Uh not they go, poopy. They go to drink though, and Apgar toasts to success this time. It's Apgar that makes that toast, in her point of view. And Riker asks if um if he and LaForge can stay the night there, uh until the Enterprise returns. And Manu is like, that would be very inconvenient. Again, her point of view. And Riker's like, Well, it would uh, accelerate the process. You know, it would make things go faster. And Apgar's like, Yeah, sure, whatever, fine. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he continues to just like talk about his work while Riker just really uncomfortably is staring at Manua. So her point of view continues. She's showing Riker to the guest quarters and uh, he's complimenting it and saying it has her charm. And she's just like, oh yeah, uh, since we don't have guests very often and this is a small station, I kind of use it as my sanctuary. And Riker's like, who do you need sanctuary from? And uh, she dodges the question. It's just like, oh, well, you know, here's the environmental controls and uh while she's showing him that he according to her perspective she shuts the door i mean he shuts the door and like becomes extremely rapey like like zero Super to a hundred yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: he uh, like grabs her he starts to pull her dress down and she's saying like no i'm just i'm tired i want to go and he's like not letting her and so in reality watching this uh Riker gets really mad <laughs> he's like <laughs> wait i was not like that uh and he gets up and he walks around the holodeck and he's like, oh, she's lying. Like, I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't close the door. I didn't proposition her. And I certainly didn't try to rape her. He does say that verbatim in the show. I was kind yep. of surprised.
1: Yep. Uh, that was, that was a lot more than I was expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, they're just going to call it out. huh?" okay. All right. All right. Uh, but he asks Manua why she's doing this. And she says, this is exactly what happened. And Troy's like, "Riker, come sit down. Um. But it it resumes the scene resumes from from uh, point of view according to her deposition. Apgar interrupts them and he uh, attempts to punch Riker, but instead Riker just hits him twice, like punches him in the face and the stomach and knocks him down.
1: I thought it was more than twice. I thought he like really like laid into him.
0: I think it was just two good really punch two really good punches. Yeah, he's,
2: okay, Too good. And also, uh, this, this stunt double is uh, not very flattering to Mister Jonathan Frakes here. Sadly,
0: <laughs> I didn't see <laughs> this the is stunt very... double.
2: He's a very big guy. Let's just say.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm his, really.
2: His beard is also really huge, and his hair is all wild and
1: crazy.
0: I'm really good at not noticing stunt doubles. I don't know why. I it's just just yeah, I didn't I have.
1: I didn't notice them either. Honestly, I
2: just, I think it. I mean, I think it's funny when they bring in a stunt double just to do fake punches.
1: I I did notice the um the the Picard one from that one episode where it's just obviously a man that looks nothing like Picard punching a man, another man.
0: Yeah, I only notice them when they're super, super obvious. Like, season one had some really obvious ones that were very funny. Like, that whole conspiracy fight scene. Yes,
1: conspiracy is always the one I think of.
0: <laughs> it was so good, where they just cut to the actor, and then they cut to the back of the stunt double fight, and the other stunt double, and then they cut to the actor again. Oh, yeah. man. Riker turned into Germa.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but, um... But Riker hits him twice, knocks him on the ground. Apgar uh, says he won't get away with this and that uh, his career is over. And Riker tells him if he reports this, he'll be making a terrible mistake. And meanwhile, like Manua is like on the floor next to her husband and helps him up up to his feet and they both leave together. Um, whereas in Riker's story, that did not happen. Uh, Apgar left and then Manua left after him. So in the in the real life, Manua begins to cry a little bit. And she says that Riker's career was safe and that Apgar's threats were empty. And he would have forgotten all about this in a couple of days when he got distracted by some scientific tidbit. And she like walks out of the room and Picard calls a short recess. And after everybody else has left, Riker turns to Troy and she's like and he's like, why would Manua lie like this? And Troy has to break it to him that like, uh, well, you know, I sensed no deception from her. And he's like, you don't think I you don't think I tried to rape her, do you? (laughs)
1: everyone's just tugging their collar mm. <laughs>
0: and she's like no 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 i know you better than that i know i know you better than that but um but i she doesn't think that uh Manua's reports are are accurate but she uh also thinks that manua thinks they're accurate
1: i never get a and, follow up on this there's no confirmation that riker is not a rapist
0: Like we know that riker's not a rapist Hayes. so right. i'm going to i'm going to We don't we don't we
2: don't know um, that we only hope he, it if he See what he said that he was not a rapist and Troy did not jump up with the buzzer. So that was true. (laughs) You see,
0: I think, um, yeah, what it is, I think is the truth is somewhere in between both of these. And what I suspect is that both of them kind of were like, Uncomfortably flirting a little bit and felt awkward about it because they didn't want to have an affair, but there was probably some kind of sexual tension there that colored their perceptions of both of this, especially with how the events unplayed afterwards or mm. uh, uh, played out afterwards. That's what my guess is. I definitely don't think that Riker tried to rape her. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna give Riker really the the benefit of the doubt there. The Riker yeah, defender is this... logged on.
2: <laughs> when you when you know when you're looking back from. The future, and like, man, I didn't want this to happen. He must have been pushing me on it, you know? Yeah. Because that, that doesn't fit with how I wanted things to happen. So it must have been how he wanted things to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that they both, like, really think that they remember the situation accurately when neither of them are reporting it accurately. Because, of course, like, the way Riker reports himself is not the way we have seen Record act towards any woman in the history. So, like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Extreme Obviously. like woman respecter never would never fuck in his life.
0: All professional business would never flirt with a lady, Riker. Like yeah. yeah we especially know, especially
1: when there's someone coming on to him. Hey-o. Yeah,
0: yeah. <sighs> so yeah. But right uh Troy has to explain to Riker what an unreliable narrator is. So uh, Dr. Crusher is meanwhile treating a woman in sick bay who looks like a ballet dancer? Like what? Uh, but I didn't
1: notice this. No, what?
0: You didn't notice the really tall lady that she's treating that's in like a fucking ballet leotard?
1: Not
2: really. With a, no. With her
0: hair in a bun. No. Wow, you guys need to watch the episode better.
1: I watched <laughs> the episode really good.
0: <laughs> anyway, Dr. Gage is treating this woman. Worf hails them though and uh, orders them to evacuate sick base as the radiation emissions are indicated. And uh so they're like, "Oh shit." And they start to walk out and we see the radiation putting a hole in the fucking wall under a table. No, uh, no. So uh later data, Wesley, Geordie, Picard, Riker and Crusher are examining the radiation and they're like, What the fuck? This is bad and Geordie says if this happened near the engine core, they would be in huge trouble, which yeah, if the antimatter containment chamber uh leaked, like
1: That would be bad, Wesley. It's a good observation.
0: That was Jordy who said that.
1: Jordy. Whatever. I'm almost I'm Wesley.
2: It's also true for Wesley. <laughs>
0: it's, 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 it would be bad for everybody. Uh, but Data has noticed, though, that these radiation emissions are happening at a consistent time interval of just over like five hours. And that the station exploding also fits in this time interval. Uh, but they, they don't have the evidence to conclude that it's fully related yet. Um, so they, they have a little over five hours until the next one. And Data, Jordy and Wesley are going to be working on figuring that out while everybody else is doing this trial shit. So on the holodeck, the interrogations resume, and now Uh. Taina, the assistant, is here, and it's her turn. And so she says after the fight, Apgar had come to her and was very upset and told her everything that happened. So Craig uh, recreated the fight scene according to Apgar's perspective, and Picard is like, wait a minute. This is hearsay. Taina wasn't a direct witness to this, and Craig's like, no, this is admissible. This is fine. (laughs) (laughs) So he insists that Picard view it.
2: Don't worry about it.
0: So from Apgar's point of view, the fight scene goes, he walks in, Riker and Manua are just totally making out in the guest quarters, and her overdress <laughs> is completely off. Um, and Apgar enters, and he like, delivers his lines to both of them. Because uh, we talked about uh, in the first scene, in Riker's perspective of this, where he's, he's to his wife, like, I knew you were up to something. I saw the way you are looking at him. But from Manua's perspective, he's, he says it's her Riker. I knew you were up to something. I saw the way you were looking at her. And then in this third one, he's like, I saw the way you were looking at both of each other.
2: This this is why, this is what makes me think it's a really funny episode.
0: (laughs) It's a really funny episode. This scene, especially, yeah. The
2: the Goldilocks episode, except (laughs) with kissing.
0: It is. um, And so, from, from, again, from Apgar's point of view, according to Tana, Riker attempts to punch him first, uh, but Apgar ducks and punches Riker several (laughs) times instead, knocking him to the ground. (laughs) <laughs> and Epgard tells Riker he's gonna report this and he's going his career's over, and Riker yells at him, You're a dead man! A dead man. I think this is entirely legit. That's probably
2: uh, what happened.
0: Yeah, this is exactly what happened. Like this sounds unbiased. <laughs> so we then um we then see this scene from Tana's point of view for afterwards where uh, he asks her to take Manua down to the planet. And Taina's like, if he, if he threatened your life, I don't think you should be alone with him. And Apgar's like, oh, it, it, it's fine. I'm going to deal with it. And she says, uh, well, I'll contact the authorities. And Apgar aggressively ter- tells her no. And he pauses and he says, I'll, I'll take care of that. And walks away to his uh, instrument panel. And so the this scene ends and Taina says the next thing was she took Manua down to the planet. And when she heard the next day that the station had exploded, she knew Riker had killed him. And Riker fucking dramatically rolls his eyes at this, like, ugh, these people.
2: Wasn't me.
0: But uh, Taina leaves, and Craig tells Picard that he has established a motive and a method, and in any Federation court, this is uh, sufficient for extradition. And so he's awaiting for Picard's decision. And Picard is very like, I don't know what to do about this. Uh, So later, in the ready room, he's talking to Troy, his assistant, (laughs) saying, I don't know what to do about this, but he sees (laughs) no alternative. He thinks that... uh, Riker's going to have to be extradited. And Troy's like, but we both know he's innocent. And Picard's like, yeah, we know, but there's not enough evidence to, to stop this trial from happening. And Troy's like, well, do you think there's enough evidence to prove he's innocent? And Picard's like, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think he's fucked. But Data hails them and says that he has found the source of the radiation. And he asks Picard to join him on the bridge. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Is Hace there?
2: Is Hayes
3: here?
1: Oh, mm. my God. I can't believe I was muted.
0: Oh, were you talking?
1: Yeah. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I, no, thought, okay. I thought you guys were just ignoring me. I'm sorry.
0: No, you had been muted. I thought you just had to go AFK or something. No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm right here. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, if you had anything things you said just say them right there now a, so we can there edit was a them person in.
0: outside i was
1: basically just going uh-huh yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So,
2: okay make a bunch of sounds and then we'll edit them in later
0: yeah we'll just we'll just patch them in
2: uh-huh yeah
1: right right here is a rapist i agree <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay uh, anyway where were we um so uh picard and troy walk out over uh and we learned that the time interval matches the lambda field generator uh that was set up for the krieger wave experiments done on the planet and Picard asks why it's affecting the Enterprise in this way. And Data says, well, it shouldn't be. It should just be a harmless field generator. And also, every time they say Lambda in this episode, I just think of Half-Life, by the way. I want yep, to Yep, same,
1: same, 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 well, same. The word uh, Lambda brain, is ruined. I have brain poisoned with, yeah, I don't Half-Life.
0: Well, you're lucky. Have you played the Half-Life games we Freeze? You should play them. They're good. Nah. Play Black Mesa instead of Half-Life, though.
2: They say Lambda in computers all the time. It's like All yeah, the but, time, but like Half Life is more, more
0: important.
1: I like Half Life One more than Black. Eh.
0: You do? Why? I just like the
1: the way it feels more. That's just me.
0: Really? Yeah, you're nuts. a game plays like ass. Hayes, it's old.
1: I don't think so. I think it plays fine.
0: Uh, whatever you it say. Plays li- it plays like Half Life. Yeah, it l- plays like ass.
2: I'm gonna go back and
0: I'm play not Czech getting Quest. I'm, We're
1: not getting into Black Mesa versus Half Life, right? What What happens
0: next? My My general advice is, if you've never played Half Life before, definitely play Black Mesa. But whatever. Majority
1: uh, adds we, all, these, zoom, all your, these zoomers having to play new versions of games. I swear,
2: I can't believe Hayes's perspective is that Half Life One is better.
0: What? Well, well, do you do you like Zen better in Half Life One too?
1: No, Zen's always
2: bad.
0: No, Zen is well, great in my Black Mesa
2: so I, I think my perspective I, is that when, both whenever i played black something.
1: mesa they hadn't released their version of zen so i truly have like no opinion of that but but we're not going to get into black mesa versus half-life one right now. well we okay
0: you... I, here's what i think Hayes. i'm not oh I'm... my god <laughs> no 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 i'm just gonna say one more thing real quick you should play it again because the Zen levels are pretty good. Anyway, but Jordy uh, sure, adds I'm
1: sure you know, what? I, I have no doubt the Zen parts are better because they're bad in Half-Life One.
0: <laughs> they're really bad in Half-Life One, yeah. They they go a little too long in Black Mesa, but they're they're good. It's it's a great set piece. Um mm-hmm. anyway, Geordie adds that once they found out about this, the pieces started falling in together and data says they uh they know what's causing the radiation bursts now, and they also know what made the science station explode. And Wesley adds, We also know who killed Dr. Dr. Apgar. Thank you,
2: this is a cliffhanger
0: <laughs> yeah then commercial break um but picard has brought everyone onto the holodeck recreation including uh geordie and the witnesses and he plays back um he's like all right i brought you all here and uh it's it's all these different perspectives you know it's weird that nobody showed us what actually happened and they're like what and he's like let me show you and so he's he plays, agatha
1: Christie. <laughs>
0: he is this is this, this big reveal moment but he plays back uh a bunch of clips from other people's recordings um, that, they, that they've that they made just to highlight certain things. Like He plays back Manua's point of view where Apgar says he's experienced some setbacks, but he's going to deliver on the Krieger, uh, the Krieger wave converter, co- converter. And Picard says he believes uh, Apgar was lying to them all and that he had discovered how to create the Krieger waves uh, as Krieger waves have been bursting in the Enterprise over the last day. And Taina uh, is like, that's impossible. Where could they be coming from? And Jordy explains, like right here in the holodeck, from our perfect recreation of episode. wave wave how did they, they?
1: They was this ever really addressed? I thought they were just recreating like the physical scene. Unless so, all, all the technology behind the actual device it he had kind of makes sense because so the way that they explain this
2: is that um, the waves are coming from the generator on the planet, and when they hit. The, when they went into the station, there's like um the the machine is like a mirror that would bounce the it would convert them into the Krieger no, wave.
1: I, I get that. The part so, the, the part so, that threw me so, off is that they had perfect specs as to whatever machine he had mm-hmm. in there.
0: Well, if you'll recall oh, you when know. Picard first calls Data into the ready room to ask him if this was possible, Data says, We'll need the plans of the station and also the Krieger devices.
3: Like, I don't know he specifies that
0: just for this plot loophole i don't know why he fucking needed the exact specifications to do this maybe data is, just a,
1: data is just a weird stickler, which makes sense for data i guess
0: it does like you, know, you just put just feed the these uh specs into the computer and then we'll have the perfect recreation recreation and here we'll go so yeah that's what happens uh but Craig asks apgar why apgar would lie about his success, and so Picard plays back um Minua's deposition where Apgar promises her riches. And then he plays back Riker's deposition where Manua toasts to riches. And she's like, hey, I didn't say that. But he's like, that's not the point. The point is, clearly, Apgar was motivated by earning profit from his research for you. And she's like, well, yeah, but what's wrong with that? Did you say profit? No Ferengi are involved. Well, they might be. but We don't know for sure. (laughs) But uh, they tell him or they tell her that uh, he would not have made much money dealing with Starfleet because Starfleet's cheapskates and they don't pay people well. So they speculate he was actually uh, using the technology to develop weapons that he could use to sell to the likes of, like, Romulans or the Ferengi. And uh, that's why he'd been ordering extra Dicocilium for months. And so when Riker came early, he immediately became suspicious that Starfleet was aware of what he was doing. Uh, mm. But Picard says after, and this is just speculation on their part, too, but it seems pretty apt. Uh, but Picard says after Apgar dis- discovered Riker with his wife, Apgard decided to murder Commander Riker. And manua says this is impossible, but Picard has the receipts here, and he plays back Taina's point of view, where Epgar tells her not to contact the authorities uh before going to his instrument panel. And he's like, "Hey Tana, what is he doing at the instrument panel?" And she's like, "Uh, well, he's activating the generator on the surface." And he says, "Why would he do that?" And she's like, "I don't know. Maybe don't he just know. wanted <laughs> to do some science." He's uh. doing
3: some
2: fucking science shit. What are you getting on my ass for? <laughs>
0: You were his assistant, lady. And um,
1: Picard basically says, well, maybe he was getting ready for murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and they're like,
1: oh, I guess he's got
2: a point. Maybe he was murdering.
0: Uh, Picard plays back Riker's point of view where he was upset about the Dicocilium, or Apgar was upset about the dicasilium, And and Jordy says uh, what they think happened is that Apgar attempted to use the Krieger waves uh, to kill Riker and timed it during his beam out to make it look like a transporter accident. But the energy it was a mistake because the energy actually somehow reflected off the transporter beam energy and it bounced back into the station's generator. whoopsie
1: Merc Freeze, explain the uh, physics of this, please.
2: Um,
1: I agree you know, Go on you know
2: you know how <laughs> you know we all know that transporter beams reflect Krieger waves and make them explode. This is big, what you learned in science class.
1: I'm a big Krieger enthusiast.
0: Nobody knows this because Krieger waves have only just been invented. <laughs> it, was, it was all a horrible sequence of events of mistakes. Yeah, but
2: everyone just goes along with this theory that Picard has thrown out.
3: Like, oh, well, that makes no, sense. Okay.
1: N- okay. N- not quite. They're like, you can't prove this. To which Picard says, yes, I can.
0: Well, he shows oh. them a video. He <laughs> shows them a video that the Federation
1: made, and they were just like, "Well, is, okay, that's well, indisputable
0: proof."
2: As you see here, we have a fake transporter beam in the holodeck, and it will do the same thing as the real one. Oh, yeah, oh.
0: they they literally explode the holodeck uh, representation of the station, and this display convinces Crag to withdraw his request for extradition. And <laughs> I, not only that, he look, look turns to Riker and fucking apologizes to I, him.
1: I I love when they do the simulation. Uh, the doctor just kind of like looks back as it's like fucking up and reflecting back. He's just like, "Wait, what's going on back
3: there?"
0: Yeah. I love that they added that detail that they would have no way of knowing if that happened, but they just see Doctor Apgar going like, "Oh no, that's not supposed to happen." <laughs> that's
2: not right. You know, it's, it's all it's all based on his personality
1: profile in the computer. <laughs> and based on his personality, he's currently going, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So back on the bridge, this is all over with. They're ready to get the heck out of here and Picard's like, You ready to get out of here, Riker? And Riker's like, You fucking know I'm ready to get out of here. Wesley, why don't you take us out of here? And we just have this uh classic Wesley or not Wesley, uh classic Picard Riker episode ending, except without any uh snappy lines. They should have thrown Thanks, some snappy Wesley. lines in there.
3: Just yeah. Riker I,
1: is just like, I do not want to be accused of hero of anything anymore. Uh we need we need to get out of here, Picard. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I can't, I can't.
2: I just thinking about how fucking bad at his job this inspector is. is he gets <laughs> he gets he gets some evidence that was handmade by the boss of the defendant. He's like, Oh, yep, that makes sense to me. Okay.
0: We've got science to back he, it up. He doesn't
2: ask he doesn't doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't even consider at all. He's just like, Yep, okay bye
0: he's, he's just tired of this i think and he's like this, is, oh, this not episode's too long goodbye go. he's not gonna let him go let's just go back down and have dinner
2: <laughs> yes. it, man
0: this, that's chinatown nothing you can do
2: oh
0: i so yeah i love this episode
2: it's so good so I, both episodes so good
0: i just did i joy like i don't think there has been a courtroom drama episode of this show that i have not enjoyed in some way even justice was enjoyable for reasons <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because of all the nudity, I get it.
2: Yeah, because, that's what because... I was
0: thinking of in my brain. Yes. <laughs> Wesley...
2: No, it was because Wesley was gonna be killed in it.
0: That's also what I was thinking of in my brain. You guys <laughs> know me too well.
1: How would you? Really
2: I was
0: thinking about all the oily people and also Wesley gonna die. And I was like, man, that episode was entertaining.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that Riker was able to get at least two orgies in there uh he, that's, what he they, that's what they went that's what they went to go do and that was the text of the shows that they went, they yeah. went there to yeah, the, yeah.
2: The, the president was like sir i'm gonna to have to keep you here for an orgy it's very important
1: <laughs> Riker just cracks his knuckles another hard day in the federation <laughs> <A> what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh Anyway, that was our show. Uh next week we're going to be talking about oh, what do we got next week? Oh, far. Are we, are we
1: going to go to the yesterday the enterprise of yesterday.
0: Yesterday's Enterprise is we next sure everybody. Are. Oh, and, I'm excited. And the Offspring, And
1: yeah. The offspring. offspring. The classic
0: 90s band the Offspring is going to be here.
1: We have to I'm going to listen to like every Offspring album and tell you what my favorite song is.
0: You do that, Hayes. Knock yourself out.
1: I will. <laughs> you know, I probably will knock
2: myself out doing that. <laughs> Watching this episode is all I want.
0: Um, It's It's an alright episode, but Yesterday's Enterprise is a really good episode, and I'm excited to watch that again and talk about it. And I also have a little bit of news for y'all. We now have a Twitter account. So if you are on Twitter and you would like updates on the show, you should follow us at atbeamysicky. That's atbeamysicky with two Ys. Following Beam mm. and Sick.
1: It was under Be Me Sicky 1Y.
0: That would just be Be Me Sick, and I don't know what's under that. Don't go there. Oh, form.
1: oh, I thought you meant uh, Be Me Sicky had two Ys at the end.
0: No, 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 no. Be, be Me Sicky. but those, There's those, no they,
1: IEs in this.
0: No, just IEs, wise. just Ys. I, I did say that very confusingly, huh? <laughs> anyway, follow us on Twitter at, at beame You'll find it I'm sure. Uh and email us if you have any questions or comments to uh beamme to sickbay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you guys for listening. We love to uh we love to talk to you and we love to talk to each other. <laughs> thank you, guys, and Thank you, McFreeze for being sure. here.
2: That's damn sure correct. Investigate <laughs> uh, Riker.
0: No, he's fine. Don't worry about he's it. He's been <laughs>
2: investigated. We just saw it
0: yeah how much more investigation over i do love how the can't fucking attempted it, it, rape was just it, it, wiped under the, the rug here if we're you can't believe that.
1: A, a federation uh investigation they'll wipe anything under the table don't listen to them
0: <laughs> <laughs> you really can't everybody just really like trusts the federation so much you know like yeah. the federation guys would or, never nope. lie to us or,
1: or anyone that doesn't like trust the federation they're just made out to be buffoons like the ferengi
0: yeah Frankie are probably the, the most based and wisest of us all.
1: I'm saying they are
0: they, uh, they know what's up they know what's what. There's a great scene in Deep Space Nine where Quark is yelling about I've seen your human history. You guys were just like us and that's why you don't like us. You don't, you don't like to admit that you were like us once you were worse in fact and it's a good speech. Yeah, anyway, watch Deep, right. Deep Space Nine Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm motor mouthing right now I gotta
3: go. Goodbye Goodbye
0: See ya